listening to Zap Night, a video game review podcast. Join your hosts as we review video games from all systems and all genres. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Zap Night. I'm your host, Danny. I'm your co-host, Kaylee. Today, we are on episode 86, and we are talking about Final Fantasy XI. Kay- Kaylee, <laughs> did you enjoy this no. game? <laughs> it's been terrible. So this game had a lot of problems, like, out of the gate. Um, this game, we were almost not here reviewing Final Fantasy XI. This there, was almost completely different game. There was a lot of hurdles in getting this podcast together. First off, installing the game was a beast. Like, yeah. we, we trying to get... And we talked a little bit about this on the Zap Chats not too long ago. But, like, just getting this game on the computer and leaping through all of the play online hurdles, it, it's such a pain. But then you get dropped into the game, and it's also a pain. Um, But, like, on top of that, on top of the issues of installing and getting all that figured out, I came down with COVID over Christmas. So, like... The first, well, uh, to be honest, the entirety of the Final <laughs> Fantasy XI streams is me struggling with, like, a bad, like, vocal Reco- issue. He's, like, recovering from COVID from start to finish. The yeah, whole like, streams. you can hear the progression, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. And, like, it delayed our, our playthrough because we wanted to start playing right right in January. Like, as soon as January started, we were, were planning on playing it. Well, I got sick over Christmas and I spent a week or two like recovering. And then after, after that, once I actually started feeling better, I started streaming. Well, my, my voice was still not a hundred percent. And in fact, it still isn't, it's significantly better, but it still isn't great. But like, you can really hear it in the streams. So yeah, like I was dealing with that. Plus the game is, as you'll find out, the game's not super easy. So like, there was a lot going against us on this one. Oh man, it was like pulling teeth to even get me on to Talk, play with Yeah, you. it I, sure uh, was. <laughs> you'd have to send me a message the other day. Hey, we still good for 11 tonight? Yeah, a little bit later. Hey. Hey, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have to like message you early in the day like, hey, well, yeah, because, prepare for 11 like, the first <laughs> mentally. Full, the first full week, it was just like... No, I'm busy. Yeah. I'm already in bed. And then, like, you started getting to the point where it's just like, I'm just going to have to start reminding her. Because, <laughs> I mean, I legitimately would forget because out of sight, out of mind, I didn't want to think about it. <laughs> well, and this game is funny because of the way that it's structured with it being this MMO and it also being difficult. Um, I didn't want to get too progressed ahead of you because I saw the troubles coming down the pipe and I'm like, we're going to have to do this together if we're going to figure any, any of this out. Like, there's no way, like I'm struggling and I've got people in, in the chat in Twitch with me helping me out. Like Kaylee wouldn't, would have no one. So like, if she's trying to play this on her own. She's not going to make it very well, far. Shoot, even without the people in Twitch, we wouldn't have figured it out together either. Right, right. Like, there's no way we both would have figured... Like, there were games where it was just you and me. Right. And, like, nothing would get done the whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. There was, there was a few handful of few streams where yeah, there we was. just... <laughs> nothing actually so, got done. Uh, before we get too far into this, first off, Shadow... And Trillion. And Trillion... You guys are Thank awesome. You. If you're listening to this, and I, I hope you are, sincerely... We appreciate your your efforts in helping us figure this game out. We would not have played this game. Absolutely. If we're, yeah. we're not for their help. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and and also 
I apologize that we didn't finish as much of the story as we wanted to. We played the other day and you guys weren't on and we literally are done playing now. Yeah. <laughs> and so I don't I don't see us going back to it soon. Um I mean maybe maybe nah. eventually maybe we'll pick up some stuff <laughs> but like because of the way this game is it's going to be hard to convince Kaylee to play it again. <laughs> so, you know, if you I'll guys come over and visit if, while you play. <laughs> if any if any of you listening are interested in Final Fantasy 11 and you want to see or listen to us review more of this game, let us know. And I will do my absolute best to get Kaylee to play more <laughs> and maybe we'll we'll dedicate some more time to it and play more of the game and experience more of it. I will say this. After finally played regularly, I can with confidence say I would rather play this than Final Fantasy One. Okay. If well, that's you had good. asked me that though the first <laughs> month, I would have been like, no, let's boot up Final Fantasy One right now. <laughs> yeah, I think you would have gotten like two hours into that game, you'd be like, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> well, I think I'm sick this month, Danny. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to beat it. <laughs> So, um, well, we should start by saying we had a 30 day trial yep. with this game because it is an MMO. And then how much was it for the second month that we played? $12. $12. What? It needs to be $11. I know, it's right? Final Fantasy 11. Right, seriously. Drop it down a dollar square. <laughs> what are you thinking? Um, so yeah, let's talk a little bit about that for anyone who's listening to this that literally has no idea what about Final Fantasy 11. Because we were in that boat not that long ago. Let's start with the basics like we usually do. So it was developed by Square Creative Business Unit 3, Square Enix. third one. It was originally released on the PS2 in 2002 in Japan, and then 2004 in North America. It was released in Windows um, in 2002 in Japan, and 2003 in North America. And it was released on the Xbox 360 in 2006. So this game is literally 20 years old in Japan. It's 19 years old here in America. It's an old game, and it has old technology and old servers that it's running off of. She looks old. Yeah, it, it really does. But a lot of people skipped this game because of its MMO style, because of its struggles of um, just buy... Well, for, for me anyway... It was the struggle of having to com convince my parents to buy the game, buy all the attachments to play it on the PS2, because I didn't have a computer strong enough to do this, um, and pay the subscription fee. So there's a lot of money roped into that. Nowadays, it's a little bit easier because the games are a little bit cheaper, and you know the subscription fee is still there, but it, you know your obviously our computer hardware is able to run it just fine. So, you know, it's it's easier. But back then it was really difficult. So a lot of people, a lot of strong Final Fantasy fans, including ourselves, skipped Final Fantasy XI. The only reason why we're playing Final Fantasy XI <laughs> is because we've never played Final Fantasy XI. And, you know, we have played Final Fantasies 1 through 10 and reviewed them just like this. Now that we're on Final Fantasy XI, we really felt strong, I felt strongly on wanting to try and play this. I don't know exactly what your emotions about the game before we started was, but I know that we were pretty optimistic going into it, like, this could be fun, but we just had no idea what we were getting into. 
I think that was it. It was just, we didn't know what we were getting into. So it's just this, we're going to tackle this finally. I think that's what the optimism was. We're finally able to say we've played this game. Yes. And boy, can we say that now. Right. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know. I had a complete edition of this game that I bought and maybe 10 years ago, it really was just a display piece to include on my wall of Final Fantasy to say, yeah, I have all of them, even though I didn't ever play Final Fantasy XI, but it was on the shelf, like, as a display piece. So I had, uh, a, it was a sealed copy of Final Fantasy XI. There were still registration keys in there. So when we sat down to play, I installed the registration keys. There was an extra key in there to give to a friend, so I gave to Kaylee. My registration keys were the complete edition, and the registration key you got was the base game only. So we didn't really realize that until later on, and yeah. maybe we'll we'll talk more about that. But I mean, essentially, the base game doesn't have all the expansions in it, so there were areas that Kaylee couldn't get to, and there was quest lines that Kaylee didn't see. The stuff that we did was base, under the base game, base game so it stuff. really didn't affect Kaylee a whole lot. We installed the games... Uh, just fine. Well, yeah, more or less. Um, I made a face. <laughs> we, we got the registration keys in. Um, we had to put our credit cards in. And as soon as we put our credit cards in and activate the game, it started our free trial, which was 30 days. So we had 30 days on our free trial, and then it would p- charge us. And then we had another 30 days until it charges us again. I think we only went through one payment, right? Yeah. Because we yeah. only played. We, we still had like we a few started, days when we finished. Yeah, yeah, we started like mid-January. And, you know, here it's the end of February. So we still have like a couple yeah. weeks or so left. So, yeah, we, we started up the game. I played, you know, a couple a couple days without you, and then you kind of... Ju- I think you jumped in day one to, like, make a yeah. character and find me on stream, but not a whole lot more than that. Um, then you started jumping on more regularly, and we started doing more questline stuff, talking to more people in the Final Fantasy XI community, um, meeting some friends. We talked about Shadow um, and uh, Trillian. Trillian. I keep wanting to call him Vermillion. It's Vermillion? so stupid. I don't know why Trillian I keep doing Vermillion? that. So... Um, I we we mentioned those two specifically because they really did help us they throughout were this our regulars. entirety. Well, they not only were they in chat helping us, they were in game helping. Yeah, us, they were. Yeah, which was and I think the biggest help. Trillion wasn't originally in the server that we picked. Um, Trillion was in a different server, but made one in our server. Just I Aww. I don't know, just to help us or just because, right? Like he could or she or whoever they are. Um, but. Yeah, it was it was really nice to have that in-game interaction. It was kind of nice to be able to see them in-game because it kind of uh, replicates what a new player would have felt back when this game started up. So you were meeting new people and hanging out with these yeah, people. And, I, and that's the, that's how I look at how I, when I'm seeing them in my brain when they're talking in chat, that's their that's character them, is yeah. who I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, <laughs> I, as I recall, I think they both have female characters in-game. Yes. So like... Our minds contribute them as yes. being female. Not that they are necessarily, but either way, I mean, they, those two people specifically helped us out so much that they are worth talking about through this whole thing because they they yeah. really did literally hold our hands they through drag, this game. They had to they drag, drag us. I know. <laughs> There's like just marks throughout the entire plane where they yeah. dragged us. Seriously. Um. So yeah, when we. W- as a new player, you start off the game and you are given 
a few options. Um, obviously, you're going to pick your character name. But you have 16 different servers to pick from, and servers uh, in the game, they're called worlds. The servers can only hold so many people at a time, so they have to split those people up in some way. Which is normal. Right, yeah, it is for an MMO. When you pick one, you really can only interact with the people within that server or that world. So if you're going to play with someone else, make sure you know what world they're in. Otherwise, it's really difficult to change worlds, as far as I understand. Oh, and all of the worlds or all of the servers are named after yeah. original classic yeah. summons, which is kind of cool. What were we on? We were on Odin. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yep. We, we were on the Odin server. You are given the option between five different races. I chose the Hume race. And humans. I was an elven? Elvain? Uh, yeah. <laughs> they have two A's. Elven. Yeah, yeah. I was an elf. There are three starting cities. We chose uh, Winders. Winders. Yep. There are six starting job classes. It's really six. Yeah, there's oh. six of them. Um, I chose Black Mage. I was a warrior. All of these things really are your base yeah. for your character. And the city that you pick is really where the majority of your storyline comes from. The storylines between each of the cities are a little different in representation of characters and base concepts, but like as a overall arc, I think they follow a similar path with like the Shadow Lord or the mm-hmm. yeah, Shadow Lord and some of those constructs. I think that as a whole, they're very similar, but individually they're they're quite different. So the story we're going to talk about is specifically the Windurst storyline. We only played the first five um, chapters or ranks of the storyline. We mainly did this because it was a pain. <laughs> By the time we made it to a, a acceptable level to move on, it was already getting to the end of our play cycle and we really just needed to beat the game. And so we did with a lot of help from, you know, the the folks that we mentioned before. There were a lot of things against us playing the way that we did. And, and we'll talk more about that later. But for for sure, if you're going to play this game as a new player, um, I suggest just being ready to take it easy and don't try to push yourself on any time limit because that's where we struggled is because... We have a very specific time crunch on how we do these podcast episodes. Pushing this podcast out yet another month would have just been... Torture? Yeah, yeah, it would have been really difficult. (laughs) It would have been torture for you, for me, and everyone watching the stream. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it got to the point where we were level grinding so much that really people even stopped popping in to talk to us, which was fine, but... It made the grind that much grindier. Yeah, yeah. And and that's kind of the problem with the game. Again, we'll get into level grinding and stuff like that. But, like, the problem that we were having is that because we're playing yeah. this game for the story... It made it difficult. It really made to... a lot of the game just us trying to level up, which isn't all that entertaining, depending on the way you look at it. In any case, um, we're going to talk about the storyline, the Windurst storyline specifically. Because that's what we Windurst, chose. Yeah. There, there's three major cities. Well, there's there's four major cities, but there's three starting cities. There's Windurst, there's um, Bastok, and there's... Um, <laughs> what's, it called? what's the last one called? 
Um, yep. It's here. Sanderia. Oh, right. Sanderitos. We were making up the names as we went. Yes, we were. And it was terrible. And (laughs) I liked Sanderitos. That was my favorite one. (laughs) And and that's another problem that we're going to have with this story is that, yes, it's a Final Fantasy game. Yes, the Final Fantasy names are difficult. This one, especially so. (laughs) So I... I apologize to all those listening who are fans of the game and know these names like the back of your hand. We do not. When we started playing this game in January, it was brand new to us. So we literally have no experience prior to to this. So, you know, we're still noobs. (laughs) I do want (laughs) to point out, though, I put in 76 hours and four minutes into this game. We recorded your time too, Kaylee. Your time was 63 hours and 35 minutes. We put in more than normal time for any normal Final Fantasy game. So And we still didn't get the whole story. Oh yeah, we're still noobs. Yeah. Like for oh, sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, we're still noobs I can't to the game. Say- I did not feel like a question mark by the end. That's true, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because you start off the little icons at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Mark. When you're when you're dropped into the world, you're given a little question mark icon just to kind of give other players a heads up that you might be new and you might not know what you're doing. That if they have a chance to help, if they're that they doing can. something stupid, which we did a lot, a lot of. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. I kept getting lost in Winders. At this point, I'm looking back. I'm like, how did I get lost? In yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> it's easy. Like every the whole area kind of looked the same. Yeah. And it's all similar to each other. So like, if you take a wrong turn, you just are like, wait, I'm not supposed to be by the Chocobo stables. Yes. Like, this is incorrect. <laughs> so yeah, that that does get funny when you first drop into the game. You really want to spend your time getting to level five as quickly as possible and starting the trust missions. That's how we, that's that's a, the direction that we were given, and that's the advice that I give you as a new player. Just get to level five, do the trust system stuff, look it up if you need to, talk to somebody if you can, but the trust system will basically give you the opportunity to play this game more or less solo for quite a while. Thankfully. And that's that's how we did it. Granted, we played together yeah. and we had a lot of external help, but, you know, still the trust system is really good. So when you start the game, that's what you're going to want to do right out of the gate. Um, But all that aside, we're going to talk about our, the story arc for Final Fantasy XI, um, at least for, win- for Winders. Yeah. And yeah, we'll just, we'll make our best effort. I have... Freaking you wrote quite a few I notes have six here. pages, five pages. I have five pages of story here. I'm not going to lie. I was really impressed you typed all of this up. Uh, by myself. In what, one night. <laughs> That's true, I yeah. couldn't believe that you'd actually spent... I was looking at all these pages and like, you spent a long time writing this out. Well, and here's the other problem, is that this game is really old. And the way that the story is structured, there is no like... The movie of Final Fantasy XI. Like, there is some of that in there, but it's so hard to find the one that's relevant to you because of the way that this game is structured with the three different cities and different storylines for each city and what storyline do you focus on and which storyline is, you know, the best one to to stick with. From everyone that we talked to, which was not a whole lot of people, but uh, quite a few, you know, people who have played the game from the beginning, um, they... 
seem to agree that the winter storyline or the your city storyline is the one that represents the game the base game and so that's what we went with um the the amount of work that we put into it we got to like i said chapter we we finished chapter five which is like rank five in the game and it ends on a really good conclusion and I feel like there's enough information here to tell a decent story and feel like I got well, enough out of it to give it a good I score. I want to say one of our people in the chat actually said that at one point this was the game. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And it makes sense. The way that it's laid out, it feels like a conclusion. Yeah. And then everything after that is just like extra story on top of what's already built. There's a little bit of hints and, and whatnots about stuff that isn't fully tied off. So like obviously there's more there's more storyline to investigate. Right. There's I you know we we really have only scratched the surface of this game. So when you're listening to us talk about this, just know where we're coming from right out of the gate. It's minimal what we've experienced, but again, we don't have the time to dedicate 20 years worth of experience into this game like some people have (laughs) so keep that in mind while you're listening to us that we're we're absolutely noobs however i did a lot of research on the story i feel like i got a lot of it flushed out i did have to reference some of my own streams to try and figure out what the heck was being talked about because even the wikipedia's they it's have like, I don't know. the the wikipedia's have a lot of information and, and some of them have direct dialogue but it's not all of the dialogue or it's missing you know we did it this way and it's missing that piece so i had to go back and, and reference yeah. our own stream to try and figure out what the heck actually happened so this is my best representation <laughs> of our story experience so keep that in mind it's definitely not going to be perfect and a lot of the names are going to be butchered all over the place but i will do my best also i wrote this from my perspective i intended it to be our adventure in Final Fantasy XI. Because it was. That's how the game is presenting it, too. The, quote, adventurer is you, and you're the main character. Yeah. And the story revolves around you, though the reality is it's like, insert character here. Yeah. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Like, yeah, <laughs> this is, every character experiences this, you know, in some way, but it feels personal. So that's how I wrote the story here. If you would like to skip the story, I will put a timestamp below where you can jump to that timestamp and just later. skip the story. It shouldn't be that long. Maybe an hour, oh, no. probably two we hours. We must speed talk. Yes, I right. don't want to spend any more time on this game. <laughs> hey, we could go back to the game instead. Please. What have I done? I have a family. <laughs> I have a family. Don't do it. <laughs> My family hasn't seen me in two months. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Ready? Yeah. The Federation of Winders, an ancient capital nurtured by the boughs of the great tree, blessed by the magical waters, and protected by the moon and stars. Beautiful, Beautiful and sweet. Beautiful. <laughs> um, so we're dropped into Winders, and we're greeted by uh, Ajdo... Ajito Marojito. <laughs> Thank you, Keely. And his sister, Apururu. 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 Anyway... They send us out to make friends with the people around and implore us to adventure through Vanadil, which is the world. As new adventurers, we need to make a name for ourselves 
And we can do this by talking to the gate guard and completing different important missions that they assign to us. And they're really just reported issues around the town of Windurst. And the gate guard assigns those to yeah. uh, qualified ranked adventurers. So not such us. as our well, <laughs> depending on how we qualify. Depending on our rank. <laughs> so the gate guard uh, gives us our first mission, and that is to help the magic in Ho Horutoto. Harutoto. Thank you. Ruins. Uh, the ruins <laughs> that um to help find this minister. Yeah, yeah. As it turns out, uh, Ajito. Marujito. Marujito. Ajito. I'm just going to call him Ajito. Ajito. Vegeta. Yeah, Vegeta. <laughs> Let's not start that, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way we got through this whole thing. I know. I agree. Um, he is the magical minister, and we find him and his sister arguing over some type of forbidden magic uh, that had killed spell weavers in the past when it was used before. After Apururu leaves, which is his sister, sister she oh, leaves in a huff and uh, Ajito asks Mar yeah. us, the adventurers, to help find the broken mana orbs. Um, when we find the magical orbs, we take them back to Winders and then we just complete our mission from there. Uh, the majority there is really just introducing us to Ajito. They're researching some like taboo magic down in the ruins. We then meet up with Apururu, uh, who's set up in the cardigan the workshop. Cardi it's Cardian. Cardian, yeah. We I called know. them the Cardigans I the know. entire time. We did. <laughs> they're they're Cardians. So basically, they're like these little robot. That uh, were they sentient? I don't. Uh, yeah, I think kind of. I think they kind of were. They kind of weren't. They are charged. They use charged orbs magic to be able to give them animation. After that, they're given some sort of task or information to be able to tell okay. people around town. So if you talk to any of them that are around, they'll give you information, but they talk in like stars or something. It's yeah. really interesting. So she gives you this task to go out to charge some orbs for these cardigans. Cardians. Cardians. So we go to a different magical ruins where we have to go charge the orbs. Yep. But that's when the rogue Cardians, which must have been sentient because they actually come rolling in asking for those orbs. So that must mean that they're giving them some kind of... Well, they do explain about these Cardians later, how those ones were used in the war and that they have been attacking other people. They went wild during the war oh, 20 right. years ago. Then they've been attacking and stealing orbs ever since. So obviously this group has been a problem for a while. However, when we approach them, they demand the orbs that we just got done charging. Um, luckily, Pori Ori I was standing <laughs> just outside and um, he instructs us to give over the orbs and that He'll take care of any, you know, any problems, but to go back to, um, Upperuru, Upperuru, and tell what happened. When we get back, she explains more about the group of Cardians, um, and how they went wild, but yeah. basically that was it. She's just like, okay, well, good enough for me. We go to the Rhinocery, 
<laughs> right. And we're asked to deliver some food to the local Yaguto monster nest that's nearby. And this is really to try and keep peace between the monsters, The they're called beastmen, the beastmen and Windurst. So we take food offerings to... The, the, the Yagudo monsters. Yes. <laughs> but when we get back, we find that um, Ajito? Ajito is there talking with the, the rhinocery researcher who gave us the task. Trying to get a gate key. He is looking for the laboratory. Yeah, he's looking for the laboratory and he's trying to get a key from this researcher. However, the researcher doesn't have the key. In fact, the minister of the rhinocery has the key and is not willing to give it to anyone so anyway uh jito just like scurries off before we can really talk to him and uh we just kind of call it a mission after that yeah, like that we just catch up to this little like that clip weird. Well, yeah <laughs> all right anyway so after being awarded rank two we're pushed into our next mission and we are told that a local cat burglar is in possession of this book of the gods tomb tome. And that's then this book has been apparently been missing for decades. And there's rumors now going around that this local cat burglar might have it in their possession. We're specifically talking to um Optostery minister who is like the magical um librarian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the bookkeeper of all the, like, magical tomes. And he wants us to investigate this claim and go and talk to this cat burglar to figure out exactly what is going on and if we can get the book back or not. The only lead that we have is that uh, Nana is the one that's holding this book. She's the cat burglar. Um, she's a cat burglar because her race is like the cats. I, yeah. don't, I don't know the name of the race yeah. off the top of my head. But yeah, so... So we go and we talk to her, and as soon as we talk to her, she immediately tries to rob us. And as cat burglars do. Yes. Um, however, while she's talking to us and trying to rob us, the Cardians show up and demand that their stolen item is given back to them. After some pressuring, Nana tells them to look in the house of the hero, hoping that they're just going to leave and leave her alone. Um, but the Cardians threaten Nana's, Nana's life, saying basically that she's gone too far this time. And luckily, Ando shows up. Who's Ajito. G sorry, Ajito, Ando. Ando. I don't know where. Andre. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yes, Ajito shows up and confronts all of them, demanding the key to the house of the hero from Nana. Nana knows that she's not going to be able to flee this time. So they all just head off. <laughs> they just they peace. just head off, There's kind of ignoring out, us yeah. <laughs> as a group or as a team, just ignoring us and going off. We end up following them, and Ajito does end up getting his hands on the Book of the Gods. He's horrified that the book is completely blank. He says... The time for the book of the gods to lose its magic has come. Dun, dun, kind of giving this ominous tone to, obviously, this is a bad sign. We rush back to Winders to tell the op optistery. optistery minister, magical bookkeeper, the bad news. And when he finds out, he says, it's said that the book of the gods, uh, it's said that when the book of the gods loses its magic, it returns to the blank pages. Right. 
and that means the shadows of destruction will set upon our world. Dun-dun. <laughs> Optistry Minister is pretty certain that Ando is just lying. Ando? <laughs> Ando. Gosh, Ando. There's not even an N in there. I know. Well, the, the J and the I make an N sound in my head. Uh, Ando. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so the minister is certain that Ajito is lying and says that he will be reported to the Star Sybil and that we are not to talk about this. It's hush-hush, honey. Yeah, yeah, and it makes sense because if there is this ominous sign that... Yeah, you don't want people freaking out right. basically and because this hasn't happened you know it's been 20 years since shadow has been upon the land they're really certain that there's no way that this could be true so they're just going to report it to the star sybil uh, the star sybil is um winders like i thought she just was there like she's their leader she's their like head the head the, the star yeah, she's she the star she is the star um, the next day, we talk to the gate guard to get new orders. We're told that we need to report to Heaven's Tower and talk to Kupipi. Kupipi is the secretary for the Star Sybil. That's Just when, as she's yeah. trying to give us some orders, that's when... Uh, Samia? Samia, that's a good one, yeah. Um, Samia. Lafina. Samia Lafina. La I don't know. Yeah, no, that sounds right. Sure. Samia Lafina? Yeah, sure. Um... She walks in and um, she looks at our resume. Must have been impressed because she instantly has Kupipi process our mission papers right away. Kupipi gives us letter to the consults, which is instructing us to go to Bastok and Sandria, gather information, and obviously help them with any tasks that they need. I'm not sure why... We specifically had to go and do this, but maybe it's just something that rank two people do. I don't know. Obviously. Obviously, we're rank two now, so let's uh go and do this. <laughs> we walk all the way to... Uh, Mahara? Mahara, yeah. And we find the boat that heads to Bastok. It's quite a long boat ride, by the it's way. A very long boat ride and a very long wait for the boat to come yes, back. That's, well, we have to wait for the right boat. Yeah. Um, once we get to Bastok, we talk to the Windurstrian. We go to the Windurstrian Council, where Pat Pot gives us a task to head into the local mines to get some mithril sand. Um, however, we need to talk drums. to the president first. So we walk in and talk to the president of Bastok, and he's just far too busy. <laughs> so too busy. he tells us to go and talk to Gorham, who Gorham. is in the local bar. Gorham knows more about the mines, and he knows that they're overrun by the local the beast Quadav. men. And the Quadav has been killing anyone who enters the area. So it, he arms us with some pickaxes. Yeah. Take these. You well, can go mining. I think the idea is, well, if you're going to go, here's pickaxes. Here's it's how you dangerous mine. dangerous to go alone. Take this. <laughs> here's, here's how you use the machine. He gives us all the information we need. While we're in the bar, Leon shows up, who's this girl. Um, She's kind of like listening in across yeah, the bar. Yeah, right. And she says that the Quadavs are getting more and more powerful due to the Beastmen obtaining some sort of new leader or new direction. And she explains that the mines are really the Quadav's holy land. And it makes sense for them to be defending them. Right. De- defending their livelihood from Bastok, like, at With all costs. Lives. 
So, with that in mind, we set off for the mines. <laughs> um, armed with our pickaxes and knowledge of refi- the refining machine. We do manage to collect the mithril, uh, the mithril sand pretty quick. And we head back to Pat Pot to deliver the mithril sand. He's quite happy with us. And he sends us off to Sandrio. Doria? Sandoria? Sandoria? Sandoria. Hmm. And... We got there in suitable fashion. Yes, on crab mounts, of course. <laughs> How else do you get around Vanadil if not Red by crab mounts? Crab mounts, that's right. <laughs> so, while mounted on our red crabs, we make our way to the elven city of Sandrio, Doria. Doria. And anyway. uh, we hunt down Casaroro in the Windurstrian Council there. Casaroro had heard of our success in Bastok, that Halver has a special mission for us, and that we're to go and talk to him at the castle, the quote, palace, unquote, or whatever. Castle. Yeah, right. I Well, I put that in there because it's not really called the castle, but... Oh, like, I thought it was. I'm it sorry. essentially is the castle. I believed you. It's a castle. He's just like, you're just going to have to go to the castle. <laughs> I mean, essentially it is, but it's not called <laughs> I mean, that in the game. He could have told me that, and I still would have gone to just quote-unquote castle. Right, I know. Yeah. <laughs> So we hunt down Halver, who tells us about the orcs in the Gelsba outpost. They're getting overly intelligent, and they're starting to use different supplies and weapons. And we're supposed to go and investigate the situation and report back as soon as possible. We set out of the city on foot for this outpost, uh, and we head deeper through the outpost into the uh, Yagudo Garado where two elven are fighting the strange flying demon. Um, the elven are discussing... They're pretty much talking about that probably the orcs have a bigger power behind them, uh, but they end up actually leaving us to fight the demon. Yep. They're like, by the way, oh, we're leaving. They're like, <laughs> they're like, oh, there's adventurers here. We'll just let the adventurers deal with this. And then they, they got the heck out of there. I mean, same. Right? <laughs> um, so, the demon's name is Spotter. He's really happy to be able to have new prey. <laughs> and he summons Waverin of Darkness, which is Worm. just a dragon. Worm of Darkness. After we defeat the dragon and Spotter, Leon shows up late, as usual, because NPCs always do that to yes, us. they do. He did, obviously, she couldn't just show up and help fight. In any case, Spider says that he's a servant to the Shadow Lord, and that um, the Shadow Lord is coming back. He's back. You spelled Leon's name as Lion. The rest <laughs> of the... I don't know why that would happen. <laughs> Leon, Leon just takes off, and uh, we make our way back to Sandria, where Casaroro has already heard the news of our success, presents us with a kindred report that we take back to Windurst. So we do. By success, I think he just means that, like, we did good by finding that there is something else going on there, but, like, we're not supposed to talk about the Shadow Lord stuff, We so. don't talk about Shadow Lord. <laughs> exactly. So we head back to Winders. We give Kupipi the report. She makes us official adventurers with an adventure certificate. She probably printed that off of Google and signed it. Probably. She just changed the title to yep. Windurst. So after talking to the Gate Lord or the Gate Lord <laughs> I am the Gate Lord. <laughs> Charles You can't be telling the adventurers that. You're a gate guard. <laughs> I am the mighty Gate Lord. 
Stop, you're making it worse. I'm so you're sorry. You're making me laugh harder. It's the only way I could get through this whole game. The whole game was just sarcastic remarks. It totally we was. We made our own lore. I know we did. You sent me a gif while I was sleeping. It's just, it's just been terrible. It's just oh my terrible. Gosh, did you enjoy that <laughs> yes, gift, by I the did. way? You didn't react or nothing to I was, it. I was sleeping. Well, yeah, but, but you, it was great to wake up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh anyway, I digress. So we talked to the gate guard, <laughs> and we're given new commands to report to the Heaven's Tower, where Kupipi gives us access to the stairway all the way to the top of the tower to meet up with uh, Samia again. The funny thing about the, the key that she gives us, she's like, and I'm going to need this back. And we, <laughs> we never, never give, give it, it back. back to her. <laughs> when we get up to the top of the tower, Samia talks about the role of being a Sybil guard. Or a lord. <laughs> or a lord, depending on who you talk to. <laughs> and how the star Sybil is able to see and protect the future. Basically, that is her. She she has a power role. to be able yeah. to view the future, and there, she reads the stars. The whole the whole point is that she can protect against whatever the future is. Samia specifically says, Kaylee will quote, "Do not worry, as she, the Star Sibyl, has already sensed imminent revival of the Shadow Lord." That's not how she talked. <laughs> I mean, she didn't talk at all. So I mean, she might yeah. have. That was pretty darn good, Kaylee. Thank you. Um. Ajito? Ajito attempts to enter the Star Sibyl's chamber <gasps> and is Scandalous. instantly denied access. <laughs> He's, he tries to explain the, the blank pages of the Book of the Gods, but is instantly dismissed as a joke, and he proclaims that he will then do his best to save Winders from the these, the, dark, these times. dark times. <laughs> so afterwards, Samia gives us a mission to follow Ajito... Um, and find out where, what exactly he's planning on doing. We follow him to Castle Ajuru or Astroja. I just make up things. Astroja. <laughs> where we find Ajito, and he is like locked up in a room where he'd already talked to the Agudo King, who's the beastman in yeah. the area. Well, yeah. He figures that we were ordered to follow him out there, but he gives us a bit of insight that the first Star Sybil, who originally gained the powers of the stars and the moon at the full moon fountain, was originally there to protect Windurst and left historical texts for future Sybils to be able to continue her legacy. And, and that's, that's where the Book of the yeah. Gods come from. So without this book of the gods, without there being writing in the pages, the star Sybil is kind of left with power, but not knowing how to use it with no context. Um, so we head back to Winders to report to Samia, who commends our efforts and uh, will report directly to the star Sybil and uh, make up a plan for what's going on. Uh, the next day we're given new orders to head straight to heaven's tower where we are surprisingly, we speak directly to the Star Sybil herself. She appoints us as ambassadorial envoy in the Grand Duchy of Juno. <laughs> <laughs> what a these grand titles! Yeah. I mean, even the gates, the gate guards are called <laughs> gate, lords. Gate lords now. <laughs> um, what's funny about that is, even after she says that, she's like, "Now I know this is a hefty title for you." <laughs> 
but it's just hefty because it's hard to pronounce all do you do you accept and if you accept she just moves on but if you say no then uh samia steps in and is like how dare you (laughs) really yes (laughs) i didn't do that option yeah no i didn't either but i read it in (laughs) the context so yeah and she's just like how dare you speak to the star sybil this way and you uh, accept your task (laughs) the star sybil's like it's okay it's okay they'll come back when they're ready (laughs) (laughs) so um in any case we are to travel to juno Juno has an embassy of Winders there. Right. And we are to offer our services as needed. Of course. But of course. But naturally, we have to go on our crab mounts. Yes. I mean, we only travel via crab mounts Only. I mean, if we have to step... no other option. If we have to step foot on the ground, it's for good reason. (laughs) Only because you can't mount your mounts in this (laughs) area. That's correct. That's the only reason. We make our way to Juno on the back of our crab mounts, and we head to the Windurstrian embassy, expecting to meet with the ambassador. However, the ambassador is not in Juno. He's currently in Dulkfut Tower and is unavailable. The the ambassador's secretary uh, instructs us to go meet him in the tower just to check up on him. And And as luck would have it, the tower is... No, no easy feat. <laughs> there was sarcasm written in these notes. Yes, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, this is where we actually needed assistance. Yeah, time. we needed quite a bit of assistance uh, to make it a to... a big labyrinth. Yeah, but I think that we got through a lot of that. It, this was the one where it was just we had to climb all the floors. Then we climbed to the top and we got the key. And then we had to climb back down. Or no, we took the elevator back down. And I, I think we did most of it by ourselves, but then uh, Trillian met us halfway, like, towards the top, and then helped us get okay. back down afterwards. Oh, yes! I was thinking this was somewhere else. Yeah, you no, it's, it's not that one. Um. So, yeah, we take the elevator up and find the Windersterian ambassador, Hemji Kemji. Hemji Kemji. He had been hit in the head by some monsters and woke up in the area. Uh, we escort him back to Juno, and he thanks us properly and tells us about our official mission there in Juno, even though we just finished one. <laughs> Hemji Kemji explains that the Archduke of Juno needs someone for a special mission, and we had been picked for this task. We won the lottery. Yeah. No surprise. <laughs> he gives us an audience permit, and we head off to meet with him personally. The Archduke Cam Lanat explains that the Beastmen are gaining power by stones called Magisite. And our task is to collect Magisite from three known locations in an effort to stop the Shadow Lord and his army, naturally. We're instructed to stop by and see Aldo for more information on Magisite. So Aldo welcomes us in and begins to explain Magisite locations when his poor sister, Verena, walks in. And she discusses about a new order from the palace to give to the friendly beastmen removed from town. Because there's like, you've got a bunch of these beastmen around town that are like friendlies, I guess. They're just like Yeah, well, people. and because the Archduke is so afraid of the beastmen around uh, the beastmen that are getting stronger outside of town. He's like, you know what? Let's just send all of the beastmen out of town because we don't want any of them right. causing damage. It makes sense from that perspective, but the reality is the beastmen haven't been aggressive in any way. Right. The ones that are in town, 
Verena raises the point that the beastmen in town have never hurt anyone. And while Aldo agrees, the palace feels, like you said, they feel like the beastmen aggression is enough to remove them from town. <laughs> so, a goblin named... <laughs> Fick, 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 Fick Blix walks in and greets Verena and her and the two of them leave the room. And all of these names, the entire time we were reading them, I'm like, we're gonna mess this up oh, on the podcast. Yeah. Oh and- yeah, it's, it's a mess. It's a hot mess <laughs> for sure. The funny thing about this section specifically, not just the Aldo part, but um literally like Aldo is talking about Magicite. Verena walks in and talks about the aggression thing and the order. Mm-hmm. She leaves and the cutscene ends. Like, that's it. It's this awkward moment of, okay, I'm here to talk to you about this. The cutscene is us talking about that. And then his sister walks in and then the focus goes to her instead. And then the cutscene just ends. Like, yeah. obviously we're supposed to go follow her, which is what we end up doing. But it's just funny that we don't even finish the conversation yeah. with Aldo. Like, it just ends. That's, that's it. it. Uh, so, yeah, we follow we follow the two of them outside where Taro Taro named Pius Bia is helping them grow flowers, which was so weird. Yeah, I know. Um, though it seems that they might never actually grow, because I think that it's, they're growing flowers in like a, from a different region. I yeah, think. something like that, yeah. Um, so Verena heads back home, and Flick Blicks goes to Muck's shop. Muck's junk shop. And yeah. By the way, all of these names, I they sounded so inappropriate in my brain, and I'm trying so carefully to articulate my words. You're doing very well. You're much better <laughs> than I. all of my attempts. So we follow Fick Blicks and Muckvick's junk shop, and Muck tells us that we need to we need a special torch to get into the castle of, of Ostroja. Luckily for us... Fick Blix has won and is also heading to the castle to tell the beastmen to settle down. Settle down! Yeah, so Fick Blix, both of these people, both of these characters are beastmen, and obviously they're a they're little like a concerned goblin, about Yeah, they're they? goblins. They're a little concerned about the, the issue going on in Juno as well. We approach Muckvick, and he just starts talking about the castle. I would assume that as characters, we would have said, hey, we're heading to get the Magicite in this castle, you know, and then and then he explains that we need the special torch, but luckily we can get one from Flick Blix, but he's heading there anyway, so right. we just follow him to the, to the castle. However, just as soon as he leaves, uh, Verena stops in, and she, like, just misses him. She's now super concerned that he's heading to the castle, but might be mistaken to other adventurers as a bad beastman, and he might get hurt. So she runs after him. Right. So we follow them to Castle Ostrosia, and we find Flickbix, who's in some real rough shape. Obviously, he'd been attacked either by his own kind or perhaps an, an adventurer. Verena runs in and finds him and kneels down next to him. Obviously, they care for each other. Flickbix shows some some serious courage as he talks to her about making every effort to keep the peace, you know, even with his last breath. Verena has her last moments with him and says, there's more to life than just what you see in front of you. We're all flowing on the river of life, not just watching from the banks. She has these deep feelings for beastmen as 
a whole? No, just as as people, yeah. like as as life, sure. and the way that the way that people treat beastmen is wrong. And I think that that's the direction that she's going. Uh, she also has some sort of affinity with beastmen, able to see from their perspective in some way. Now, is that why Aldo was so like mean to her? I don't, don't really explain. He just was terrible. Uh, Aldo wasn't that mean to her. If you read the, the text, we took it way out of context. Well, that's true. He but just... Aldo wasn't that mean to her. He just, he was in the middle of a conversation when, when she walks in and he's like, whoa, can't you see we're okay. in the middle of this conversation? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, but have you heard the news? And, you know, I talks see. about this important topic that they both share. We really this... did take it too far. Yeah, then. no, we totally did. Um, it, if you guys want some context, um, in the stream when we meet Aldo, uh, he's like really rude to yeah, Verena when super rude. she she comes walking in and she and he goes, "Hey, can't you see we're with someone?" And we took it way too far. Where then like we were making up our own lore. Where like yeah, Aldo like true. whips her and and it just <laughs> it just is terrible. Well, to be fair, she's got this very timid personality, yeah, she does. and his is not timid apparently. So yeah. yeah. That, that was our fault. My apologies. <laughs> we took it way too far. <laughs> Verena then leaves and goes back to town, and we walk deeper into the castle to find the magicite. But as soon as we touch the magicite, we get some glimpse of, like, the past, where we see a character named... Raugrim. Raugrim. He's adventuring in some way. His adventures lead him and his team to slay a bunch of beastmen who are simply trying to protect their own eggs. And these beastmen don't even have treasure. Like, that's what they're there to collect treasure, but they're really just slaying beastmen just because. Raugrim and Cornelia, um, they're sympathetic towards the beastmen, and they're trying to open their eyes to their party mate, Ulrich, trying to get him to see the situation, but he's too blinded by the treasure to give any crap about the bloodshed. Then we flash to another scene where Ulrich and uh, Raugrim are duking it out. Ulrich is about to deliver a final blow when Cornelia steps in front of the blade, sacrificing herself. Ulrich runs away in shame of killing her, and Raugrim is left to mourn the loss of his friend. So then we wake up from our trance. Our and uh, we make our way to... You looked up this, this place. Do you remember how to pronounce it now? Beto, I guess. Beto. That's how we'll pronounce it. Um, Apologies. We were in in our stream. We were calling it Beatrix, though that is absolutely <laughs> well, not right. We're stupid. But we knew it wasn't right. Yeah. yeah, we knew it wasn't right. Beto. Um, but we have to go there to find another piece of magicite. Uh, we make our way down into the Qualen Dome, Kulin? and again, as soon as we touch the magicite, we have another glimpse of a different time. This time, it's the Star Sybil, and she's talking with uh, Kahara Baraha, mm -hmm. and they're talking about summoning magic. And the Star Sybil is reluctant to use such power. Then we have another flash with uh, Ajito, who's running through the uh, Agrudo land to approach the Agrudo throne. Yagudo. Yagudo? Yeah, yep. you're right. Ajito is asking about the full moon fountain, and... How the towers in um, Sarubta Baruta. Saruta Baruta? Yep. 
Yep. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the, the lands around the surrounding areas of Winders are draining energy. The, the Yagudo specifically say, Make your way deep into the central tower of the Horutoto ruins. There you will see firsthand what the Star Sybil and those summoners really did. Which <laughs> really kind of leads to there's something... Star Sybil summoned something wrong. Something weird happened when the Star Sybil and Kahara Bahara yeah. were playing with summoning. Like, there was something weird that happened there. So don't summon demons, folks. Yeah, essentially. So then we see one last clip of the Star Sybil crying out for Kahara Bahara <laughs> for help. Then... We find ourselves back in the dome, we acquire the magicite, and we are ready to go to the last location. And at one point, where we're like, huh, that was kind of weird. Maybe we shouldn't do that again. <laughs> what if we had touched it with, like, a rag? Would that not have happened? Yeah, right, I know. <laughs> it's like, we keep hallucinating every time we touch Maybe these we rocks. Shouldn't Maybe touch we the shouldn't touch the rocks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Maybe we'll wear gloves next time. <laughs> <laughs> so then we head for Devoy for our last magicite piece. Devoy is a bit of a maze, and we have a lot of trouble making our way through that maze. We're trying to find... Oh, we have to break a magic barrier to gain access to the Magicite room. And just like before, as soon as we touch it, the Magicite shows us a glimpse of something... Didn't learn our lesson. Yeah, I know. This time around, we see Sandaria King Destin as he talks with Franz, Franz Mage. Mage. Franz made. Talking about the human forces uh, looking for something in the northern lands and asking Franz Mage to go and keep a close eye on the situation. Franz Mage ventures out and finds nothing but wasteland in the area. However, Ulrich, if you remember from a previous vision, he comes running up to Franz Mage and asks for help. That Raugrim and Cornelia had fallen into a, cr a uh, crevasse. crevasse. Upon investigation, they really don't find anything. And Franz Mage clearly is suspicious about the situation, but really just dismisses it. We get an, a new scene entirely where Franz Mage is walking through the Sandria corridor. And he talks to somebody and seems to have died... With something that involves the Raugrim incident, but again, not Suspicious. really sure what. Yeah, it, it was weird. Uh, we then collect the Magicite, and Leon walks up, suspiciously timed again, <laughs> and um, investigates Magicite with us. Just then, a shadow looms over the Magicite, and the Shadow Lord shows that he's regained his power and is going to make Vanadil his grave for all the citizens... With that in mind, we hastily run back to Juno and drop off the Magicite and report about the Shadow Lord's return. However, Camelinot is excited to... He's, he's excited that you've obtained the knowledge oh, of yeah, the Gathering Beastmen, now knowing that they are attempting to resurrect the Shadow Lord. And he seems to think that it's impossible without the fourth crystal seal, which is assumed to be in Castle Zval. Camelot then gets urgent news that the three nations have been attacked by beastmen and that we need to report back to the embassy. And just as we're getting ready to leave, Camelot's brother, Elmeril... Eldenarsh. <laughs> Eldenarsh. Uh, 
Oh, he shit. he sends the captain, uh, the Juno captain, off to find Verena, uh, because she has quote nifty powers that he wants to quote play with. Don't be suspicious. All right, Don't no, seriously. Be if if anyone's if anyone's gonna be pulling what we were talking about with Aldo, <laughs> it's gonna be this dude. We quickly head back to Winders to check on the Star Sybil. Her and Samia. Yep, her and, and Samia. They they fill us in about the state of Windurst and talk about how 20 years ago Castle Zaval was sealed with a talisman. Um, and that talisman was broken and shared between the three nations of Vanadil. These three pieces were given to the ruling cities and the one in Windurst has been stolen. But the Star Sybil and Samia are going to go to the rest of the nations to try and see whether or not they still have theirs, but instructs us to go to the lost city of Feyin in the north, where we're supposed to be checking on a fourth seal that was placed there many years prior. So we travel to Feyin in search of this seal, and we don't find anything uh <laughs> but uh, um some large scythe wielding skeletons as most skeletons wield well and of course as soon as we defeat them uh somebody a big gallock known as uh, zed he tells us that the seal was already broken many years prior and there's no way of really adding a different seal to it that we really shouldn't care much about the beastmen there's really no way that the shadow lord could possibly come back to power and then he just leaves. <laughs> so we return back to Winders with uh, high hopes, obviously. <laughs> um, and we report to the Star Sybil that the last seal is, in fact, broken. And she's very concerned for the safety of Winders and draws her focus to Castle Zaval. Really, we want to prevent the Shadow Lord from resurrecting at all costs. We set off for Castles of All. The journey is long, and we find our way to the throne room with lots of help from Shadow. Guys, you guys... Thank you. Thank you so much. Anyway, we find our way to the throne room, and as soon as we enter, Zed... Zed? Zed walks in and witnesses the Shadow Lord being resurrected before our eyes. Um, It seems like Zed had originally defeated the Shadow Lord 20 years ago, and the Shadow Lord and him exchanged some words regarding what had happened 30 years ago when the Shadow Lord was still a gawk. Galka. Galka. Was still a Galka, which is one of the races, by the way, if you don't know that already. The Shadow Lord is bitter about Ulrich and Cornelia, Cornelia who dying who to protect, protect him. him. Yeah. When all, all he wanted was to help the Beastmen to begin with. The Shadow Lord talks about finding this hidden power that granted him control over the Nether Beasts, which I don't think we've really seen yet. We've heard rumors of them. He tapped into this deep fury um, and was reborn as the Shadow Lord, who's now undying and stands before us. <laughs> Zed is quickly defeated and the Shadow Lord sets his gaze on us. We take down the Shadow Lord with lots of help from our friends. The Shadow Lord is reluctant to stay down. However, Zed is still alive somehow and yells out the Shadow Lord's real name. Um, quote, Search your memories for your true self. You are Raugrim, 
Galka's greatest swordsman. And this is where we learn more about Ralgrim and his suffering with... He's given this task to be the talk keeper to keep the Galak's memories and... All of those memories are filled with nothing but pain and anger. So he suffered with this memory of his entire race all his life. With saying his name, the Shadow Lord dissolves and looks forward to meeting with Cornelia once again. Love. Leon shows up late, as usual, (laughs) and helps us out of the throne room. We say our goodbyes to both her and Zed and return to Windurst. The Star Sibyl welcomes us and is happy to hear the news that the Shadow Lords end. Um, she says, oh no, this is just a quote from the game. The legend goes on to say, from the darkest depths of the earth, the warrior of the crystal rose. The end. The end. The end of our story, anyway. <laughs> our terrible retelling. We're like the Galka tailkeeper, and we also did a terrible job. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> nothing nothing but pain and anger. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> and that summarizes our game for Final Fantasy XI. <laughs> if you skipped the story, welcome back. That was probably for the best, to probably. be honest. <laughs> we did our best to talk about the story. So, Kaylee, what did you think about the story as a whole? I was not into it. <laughs> what do you think about the story now? Um, now that we've kind of organized it a little bit better. In my opinion, it's not a typical Final Fantasy story. Not in a way that I enjoyed the past Final Fantasy stories. Um, It's nice that you kind of have this like back to the medieval-y yeah, kind of vibe. But the story as a whole... For one thing, you know, it's funny, we played all this time, you know, 36, or no, not 30, it was 60-some hours. 60-some hours, yeah. And I really didn't feel like the story was that much during those times. And, like, seeing it all written out like this and talking about it, it's like, oh, yeah, all of this did happen. But it's almost like every mission we started was part of this whole story, but it kind of didn't feel like that either. And it just, I don't know, I did not, I didn't personally like it. I felt like the story was just kind of blah. It was, the you know, the ending bits with Raugrim and all that, that tragic story of, like, the Shadow Lord was very interesting, but it's such, the most important piece was such a small piece in the overall story. Sure, yeah. I, yeah. Well, I, uh, I didn't really enjoy the story when I was playing in the heat of it. Um, but to be fair, I wasn't that focused on the story. It was more about... How are we going to get through this game? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was more about the, like, getting it done aspect yeah. than actually reading the story and trying to obtain it and retain it. You know, though, with it being an MMO, you know, a big part of this game, of these types of games is a lot of the side stuff and the fetch quests and all that stuff. So it makes sense that they're filling it in with this stuff. So you're trying not to let that influence it. But at the same time, that means that the whole story overall is just given to you in pieces that some of which I forgot. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're, you're looking at this in micro cutscenes. Yeah. Like all of this, all, all that we went over 
was really told in micro cutscenes. Like you could have told the same if like if you sat and just watched the cutscenes, one, none of it would make any sense because not all of the cutscenes were put in sorry, I don't know how to word this. Like not all of the dialogue was put into a cutscene. So like some cutscenes, like if if you were to just watch cutscenes, it, they wouldn't, wouldn't make any sense story. because you'd have no idea who yeah. are these people, where are they going, and you know whatever. Yeah. But if you're looking at it from like an entire dialogue perspective, it makes more sense. But again, you're given to that in such small doses because yeah, you go to the you go to the the gate guard. You're given a little bit of a, a context story. You go and you talk to someone. Then you spend two hours in a dungeon. And then you go back and you get a little bit more story. And then you go and, and you start yeah. the process over again. So, like, you're getting the story in these small teaspoon doses that by the time you actually get to something that you need to, like, like, what's his, I still can't pronounce his stupid name. Ajito? Ajito, yeah. He sh- he's, like, a main character of this entire storyline. I didn't realize I it until s- I read the freaking story agreed. here today. And we played for two months. I know. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, that's the point that I'm making is that the way that they tell the story in these small doses to retain the story is really difficult. And, like, literally, I, there was no, for me as a single solo mind was not able to piece this together. I literally had to find dialogue scripts on the internet to be able to piece the story back together along with my memory of how the game, how we played the game and a little bit of help from our, our, you know, stream, our our, our, our archive stream to be able to piece this together in, in a way that made made some sense. (laughs) If, we are trying to look at this game from a brand new perspective. And if you're going in wanting the story, it's, that's a difficult task. Yeah. And I think that there are some tips that we can talk about in gameplay. Um, there, there's ways that you can play this game depending on your goals of the game. So like if you're, if you're planning on playing this game just for story Maybe don't start with Final Fantasy 11. <laughs> no. Maybe don't start with any of the storyline until you're already level like 80. And then play through like crush the story and retain it and enjoy it and do the mission side next, you know, side by side because for us the first half of the game when we were over over leveled went really fast. Like the missions went really quick and we were able to get through it. And so the story like just kind of flowed together a little better. But the biggest problem that I had with this entire story is they name dropped all over the place. So I didn't know who's who. And they're these big complex names. I'm not remembering any of them. And so when they start bringing characters back, unless they had a very unique like outfit, like Leon, Or, you know, something like that. Then it's like, oh, yeah, I know who this is. But, like, the little Taru Taro guys, they all look the same to me. Like, I didn't know who right. was who. So, visually, I wasn't segregating any characters as a, one specific character. Because, to me, they all seem similar. Right. So, you know, it, it just... It, 
I, mistakes were made. <laughs> mistakes were made. Square Enix made mistakes on how, or Squaresoft at the time, made mistakes on how they presented this game. And I feel like it just got lost as we were trying to play it. I mean, granted, we were not focused on the story as much as we could have been, but still the way that it was broken up was not ideal yeah. for storytelling. I agree. Um, that said, having gone over the story, I kind of yeah. enjoyed it. Like I, I enjoyed the, the direction they were going. I enjoyed this following, um, gosh, what's his name again? Ajito. Ajito. Yeah. Following him around is interesting. There's obviously lots of loose ends that may be tied up if we finish the, the entirety of it. I really, I really felt that the ending the shadow Lord was a good stopping point yeah. because of the way the buildup was with, okay, we're doing all this and oh my gosh, the shit, the, the, the book of the gods is right. empty. And the sh that means the shadow Lord is coming back and then the shadow Lord is back. And oh my gosh, like, we got to defend, you know, we got to right. make sure that, that all the seals are still in place. Oh no, they're not in place. We got to go and, and stop right, it right. sort of thing. Um, it, I had that sense of urgency. However, again, breaking it up the way that they did, it, it didn't seem like it flowed as well as it probably yeah. could have. Um, I gave the story a seven out of 10. I gave it a five. I felt like, yeah, yeah. You know what? I liked half of the story. <laughs> I liked half of the story. I didn't like having to fight to remember it all. And yeah, I feel like, I mean, I respect your score. I'm content with mine. So, sure. Yeah. yeah. There's so many other storylines that are mixed into all of this that obviously we can't talk to because we didn't experience it. I did play a little bit of Rhapsody's of Anadeel story storyline, and I really, really enjoyed that. I feel like if we did decide to come back, that's probably where we would start. We would start with Rhapsodies of Anadeel. It it involves having to do some other quest stuff, so we may see that mm -hmm. if we did come back to it. But I really feel like that that storyline represents a bigger, broader concept of Vanadeel as a whole. And I feel like we would enjoy that a lot more. Because the little bit that I played, I was invested. Like, Gilgamesh... It, it involves Gilgamesh and Leon a lot, and um, all of the characters that it involves are very unique characters. Like, oh, okay. Gilgamesh is very iconic and recognizable. Leon, obviously, very recognizable. So, like, you see these characters, and you can instantly recognize them. You know what storyline you're talking about. You know who they are. Where, like... The Taro Taro little guys, like, you know, I didn't recognize them on site, so I didn't realize that they were the same character each time. I just, oh, it's another Taro Taro with, you know, a weird, funky name. Like, I don't know. Right. Now, you know, individual players that are Taro Taro, they can even customize themselves to be recognizable. Yeah. So, like, come on. All of the NCPs were very unified in a way that was very hard to tell them apart. I right. agree. Yep. yep. Did you say NCPs? Probably. NPCs. <laughs> NPCs, yeah. NCPs. What? Words are hard, okay? <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not much else to talk about story-wise. Again, we just barely scratched the surface of the story. There's so many other storylines. There's so many more. There's yeah. so many more um, expansions that we can talk about in so, future podcast episodes. But This score is just for the first... 
basic storyline. This score is our... It's subject to change (laughs) if we had played the entirety. Yeah, and I think that if we finish the game 100%, it would have to be its own score. But yeah, this score that we're giving it right now represents our time in Vanadil between January 2022 and the end of February 2022. Well, like that I that is what the score represents. It, it's I think what it really should represent too is a newbie's perspective of a first time sure, yeah. player for the first t- 30 or 60 days of what you might be getting into and how our experience was for the first sure, part of this yeah, game. And absolutely. I think that's an important insight from someone who has not played this game and it's now 2022 yeah. plus if you're listening later on. So, yes. <laughs> yeah, and again, each if we were to revisit it, revisit Final Fantasy 11 for different storylines, we would score it differently depending on our experience for that time. The difficult part is I don't feel like our score for like gameplay would change all that much or graphics would change all that much cuz it's all kind of the same stuff. It's just the story is different. So like does that need a new podcast episode or does that maybe just need a yeah. you know, I don't I don't know. I don't know how to how to speak to that, but you know, we'll we'll take it one step at a time. If you guys are interested in more of yeah. this, let us know, but in any case, speaking of for its time. Graphics. Yes. For graphics. its time. I was playing this game. We were not even like an hour in. My husband walks around the corner and he goes, Ew. <laughs> Winders, I'm sorry, but Winders was the most bland of Agreed. every place we went to. Agreed. The most bland. And I'm talking including like just the dungeons. I would have rather have been in a dungeon. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I fully agree. Winders. It is was ugly. just bare. Like a skeleton it of a city. It was super open. It was redundant. Like, like the walls were just. Red- it just looked like a. You were in the middle of a dungeon almost. That wasn't I, even completed. I have to say though, the blandness of Winders made the everything else amazing. Yeah, 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 it really did. So like, had we started in you know Bastok, we would have went to Winders and been like, ugh. I'm glad we didn't start here. <laughs> like, this but is like, boring. Ma- Mahara, Ma- Maharua, or whatever, yeah, like, yeah, the place with the boat. That place, even in comparison, and that place was not much to talk about either. Yeah. But it was a little more interesting, I have to admit. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, But that said, the other places, like you said, were pretty good. Uh, what was the place, the Elven Castle place? Uh, that was Sandria. Sandria. I really liked that place. Yeah, me too. That was probably the best. Honestly, that city was amazing, and the outskirts of it was amazing yeah. with the like woodsy area, and the music was really good. And yeah, it was it was really good. All that aside, like I know that the graphics aren't amazing. It it is two thousand two graphics or two thousand two two thousand three. And we're talking early PS1, but still, like, Final Fantasy X looked a lot better than this. However, Final Fantasy X is significantly smaller than this game. This game is absolutely massive. And I feel like that that is a good spot for graphics, just because the size of this game, if they were to enhance the graphics anymore... 
at least, you know, for its time, it would just, the, the file space would have been astronomical. And even for like PS2 standards, the base game, you know, had to fit on like a 20 gig hard drive, if not smaller. So like, you have to realize, you know, the size of the game along with the graphical restraints of the time, I understand the decisions that were made and, you know, graphically and I, yeah, it doesn't, it's not the prettiest, but it has some like good, um, some good qualities to it. Uh, the, the, we already talked about the cities that looked really, really good, but also like the jobs all had different armor and every piece of armor and every weapon had its own representation in the world. And even, like, um, the magic spells all had different visuals, and all the, like, status effects had different visuals. So, like, genuinely, there was a lot of work into the graphics that I was able to recognize. Though that said, it still was, like, underwhelming going into the game, and it's like, "Mm, it's not as pretty as it could be. My first interaction with the graphics that I noticed that I wasn't happy with was actually the races. I was not really a fan of any of them. I wasn't either. I almost went with the Hume, the female one, mm-hmm. and I knew you had already chosen that, and I wanted to do something different, so I went with the Elven instead, and I think if I could go back, I want. I almost chose the Cat Race, except when you first are playing the Cat Race, rolling around on the ground all sexy-like, and I was like, mm, I'm too uncomfortable with that choice. <laughs> But, you know, when we watch Trillian running around, I really like Trillian's, like, outfit. Yeah, me too. Actually, a lot of the cat people, once they were in, like, an actual attire for their jobs, they looked really good. And I wish I had... I do kind of wish I had chosen that one, too. Yeah. I... Honestly, I think if I wasn't playing for Twitch, if I was just playing as an unknown me... I think I probably would have picked the cat female yeah. race also. I think you should. You should have just done it. like the th- the biggest thing that was a turnoff to me was when I was flipping through the the races. The f- you get to like the Humes have this like strong like music and it's like the strong we're humans and, uh, <laughs> and then and then you get down to the elven that's a little more mythical and oh yeah. oh wow and then you get down to like the beast or the um yeah the the groks the, the or, Galka or yeah, yeah yeah and they have this powerful music <laughs> and then you get down to the tarotaro and they're like <laughs> and then you get to like the cat people and they're just like no, it's like sexy, like I fun, know, it's and it's like almost. This like isn't, I can't stream this. I don't. I, I can't. I, I don't represent that vibe. Yeah. But yeah, like their race as like aesthetically was way better looking than the rest of them. I mean, the humans were okay, but uh, yeah, you could still go in and edit features. So like you, you like for me, I had like a guy with a beard yeah. and like you know. But still, just I, I didn't fully embrace. Yeah, I feel how that. I how I was represented in the world of Final Fantasy Eleven. I I agree. I kind of feel like that. I I think rather I felt like maybe there would be better options for armors and stuff, and there was. But like, I never really have ever played as like what my character was. And, but I didn't want to, ch- I don't know how to explain this. It's like, I, I don't 
think I played true to myself as whatever I was playing either. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, was, it was just weird. Yeah. But I kind of wish I had chosen Hume along with you because it was you and me playing as a brother and sister. Yeah. And yeah. it was kind of funny. You were about the same height, but you're my older brother. So it would have made more sense for you to have been taller instead of the other way around. I got all these goofy pictures of us and our crab hats. And there <laughs> I am towering over you. <laughs> yeah. There you are with your beard. Like, hey, I, I kind of <laughs> feel like as the longer we spent in Final Fantasy 11, the more... I got accustomed to my role, yeah. you know, in, in my avatar, and I felt a little more in tune with him. But, like, yeah, I, I don't feel like he represented me quite as well as I wish he See, would have. This is where I'm really excited for when we do 14 because there's way more customization. Yeah. And that's, I, I mean, I, I knew going in that this was an older game, so I kind of went in with higher expectations than I should have, but I'm, I'm okay with what I chose, but. Really, when I was choosing my my avatar, I had a really hard time picking what I wanted to be. Yeah. I don't know if you did or not, but I I uh, certainly did. It. I think I went with. Oh, that this looks is, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I went with this is acceptable. Yeah, and not like I didn't I didn't like what I should have done. And if you're starting Final Fantasy XI for the first time, what I would what I would suggest you do is really read over all the races and read over their, like, background and their history and, like, try and find something that you can, like, connect with. Yeah. Because I really feel like if you can find something that you can connect with on a deeper level, you might be more invested into the game sure. as a whole. Where, like, I didn't do that. I was just going into it because this is what we're doing. Yeah. So, like, I just picked one that was like, ah, eh, good enough. Yeah. And then moved on. So, you know... Yeah, like that. I, I I agree. Like it didn't yeah. represent me quite as well as maybe had I wanted to invest my time into this, it would have been a little bit better. But you know, again, it wasn't awful. Right. Graphically, it wasn't an awful looking game. It played okay. Like there wasn't a whole lot of graphical glitches or anything crazy. But like, it's not probably the best that that era had to offer. Yeah. It was like. And subpar yeah. to what the era, era had offered. The only like big thing about it is the sheer size of Anadil. Like you're walking through every area, and it literally it takes twenty minutes or so to walk from one end of yeah. any in given area to the other. Like to walk the whole length of like the Windurst Woods takes like ten yeah. minutes. So like you know, oh I know, and heaven forbid you would die I or know. not have access to a warp ring after your brother warps on out of the area. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Several times. <laughs> I do you remember though? Uh, walking up, I think it was to Sandoria, Sandoria, uh, the sunrise. Yes, that one spot. I, I have that picture that you saved, and I'm gonna post it on Instagram uh. when this when this podcast episode airs. So look, guys, look on Instagram for that picture. But I took a lot of screen caps. Oh, did you? You'll have to send yeah. them all to me, and I'll I'll post the ones that we like. Um, but yeah, like there were some areas of this game that we're just wandering around. It's like, wow, so this is really pretty. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that absolutely, absolutely. There was there are spots that are really really beautiful. Like even even riding the boat. We yeah. were riding the boat, and in the distance, you can see like glimpses of like windows yeah, really and cool. like stuff like that along the way, and that's really really neat. So yeah, I think well, I rated the graphics five out of ten, and I felt like that really was it. What was good was okay, and it just 
kind of fall short in places. I feel like it's kind of both even on sure. both sides. So a five is. I I gave it a seven. I just I felt that like sunrise was just too beautiful. It wasn't. It, it's just. Was it my mud flap? It was. Yeah, I had to stare <laughs> at that mud flap the whole time. No, no. It it really is just that you. I, I could see the work that was put into this game. Sure. And yeah, it's work that's been put in over 20 years. But, you know, it, graphically, yeah, it's not groundbreaking. It's not edge cutting, you know, graphically. But there, there's a lot to this game. And I feel like I, I could see that. Well, I can say, too, when they add stuff kind of like some of the trusts that they've added over the years, the trusts look really cool. Yeah. And nice. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Well, and those trusts represent uh, an NPC character that is like a main character yeah. of a storyline. And you get more trusts as you play storyline yeah. stuff. So, Things you know, like, better, like, like Gilgamesh, I was able to meet Gilgamesh and he gave me his trust to be able to summon right. him in battle. So like, essentially you're playing with Gilgamesh, yeah. which is a really cool concept. And especially some of these that have really cool avatars that it's like, yeah, yeah. I want to, I want to play with this person. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. I agree. So that that does make it fun. Um. So yeah, a seven out of ten, and yeah. five out of ten for you. Not not bad. Uh, gameplay. We have a lot to talk about in gameplay. <laughs> we should start off first by saying, the game is not made for newbies. <laughs> well, it has not been tailored well to accommodate newbies of this time. Nothing has been put into place. The tutorial first of all, there is tutorial spots, but you have to figure out how to open the tutorial menu. Half of the battle for the first few days was remembering all of the keys yep. and all of that stuff. Um, My biggest gripe, honestly, was just how you're just supposed to know stuff. Yeah. That is... Well, what kind of a game? It's not fun. Let's let's go over. I, I wrote a little list of all the aspects of the gameplay. I'm sure that I'm going to miss some things, especially like later, like upper level areas and upper level sure, stuff sure. that we didn't experience. But for like a new person starting the game, there's a few aspects of gameplay that you're going to you're going to notice. And I'm going to just kind of go over all of them and kind of describe them a little bit. Um First off, the jobs. Every every job in this game um, has obviously a unique weapon. Oh, they, some Not, of them share. Yeah, certain... some of them share weapons, but but every class has sets of weapons that that are assigned to those classes. So you have to be very careful on which weapons you buy and you know everything has to be tailored very specifically yeah. to your job. Otherwise, you're not going to make much progress. Um, the jobs themselves are your character in that moment. And if you level up, you're not leveling up. Your job is leveling yeah. up. So as you play, for so example, your resume. <laughs> yeah, right. So as, as you play, for example, I was a black mage and when I was leveling up, my black mage quote, black mage was leveling up. And if I ever change my class, I'm back to level one again. Yes, you can also have sub jobs, which are secondary jobs that you attach to your character. You can use those skills 
as a level one, whatever else you want to be, but you have to unlock that further on in the storyline or whatever. So, like, you have to figure out where you unlock those sub-jobs. If you want to change jobs, then you're stuck going back to level one and you got to start all over again. The biggest thing, though, is finding out how to level up. Because leveling up isn't quite as... it It is as straightforward as going out and fighting monsters, but that simplicity gets complicated real quick when you put in all the factors that are in place. For one, when you level up in an area, there is a level cap for that area. Once you reach that area's level cap, you no longer gain experience. So the first, like we started in Winders, the first area just outside of Winders has a level cap of 15. You get past level 15, you're no longer gaining experience. And in fact, on your way up to 15, your experience starts to dwindle along the way. So once you make it to 15, you're no longer gaining experience, so you have no reason to fight any enemies in that area. Granted, the enemies don't get, uh, they don't aggro to you, they don't get aggressive towards you when you're in that area if you've met that level cap, but you may, you know, there's, there's no real reason to be in that area once you're level 15. So then, you know, the next area, you move on, you level grind, you get to level 25 or whatever the case is, then you're level capped again and you gotta go somewhere else. And this is like this through the whole game. <laughs> the best thing to do, though, is to work on your trust system, your your trusts. Yeah. Basically, trusts are um, NPC party members that you obtain through storyline or quests There are very specific quests that you can look up on different Wikipedias on, I mean, you can look all this stuff up on, on the internet, but, um, you're going to want to get those trusts in place as soon as possible. And this is where, when I was talking about getting to level five and moving on with your trust right away, that's why your trust, there's certain mission stuff that you can't do until you're level five. And so like, go out, get yourself to level five right away yeah, you might die a couple times. Just go back out and keep fighting until you're level five. Once you're level five, you can do all the trust stuff, yeah. which is all done within your hometown, your starting city. Yep. And you can do your trust stuff. You can get the trusts that are available to you right away. And then you can summon them in battle with you, essentially giving yourself, you know, up to, I think, how many were you able to summon in? Three? Uh, yeah. So at least at minimum, you can summon in three party members to aid you in your adventure, giving you this opportunity to um to progress the story, so progress you your game without rely relying on other, on other people. Right. Now, if you do decide to rely on other people, there are cool things that you can do, like um the level sync, where Uh, A higher level party member can level sync to you and gain experience and, you know, basically they're not that that higher level party member isn't taking on every enemy with one hit. You know, everyone's brought down to the same level and you're fighting the dungeon as a party instead of, oh, well. Jessica can do, you know, all the battles because she's level 92, you know, right. So, you know, Bringing it down to the lowest level party member is a good way to go, but like 
we were playing on an interesting concept where the first area just outside of Winders has a level cap of 15, but like we wanted to level up our level 30 job. So what we were doing is I was lowering my level to level one. You can't, you can't do um, level sharing until you're level 10. So, yeah, level so I had to level up to level 10, but then Kaylee could join my party and level sync to my level 10 mage or whatever and then we could level grind together gaining experience from the area even though technically kaylee is only level you know kaylee is technically level 30 going on level 35 and i'm you know still level 10 so you know that that experience gets shared when you do the level sync thing and it, it opens some possibilities for level grinding that you know, may not otherwise be available because had it not been for that, we would have found ourselves in these really high level dungeons, level grinding, fighting one enemy at a time. And it would have been, it would have taken forever. So the, the level, um, sinking really did help us with that. Uh, but you kind of need two people to be able to do that. So if you're on your own, yeah, you kind of have to manage with those trusts to be able to progress and or find another person to help you um which isn't always easy um the cool thing about the trusts is that they take on your level when you summon them in so as soon as you summon them in they're whatever level you're at but if you level up you have to re-summon them in for them to level up with you so keep that in mind while you're playing um let's see your inventory goes really fast. Yeah. As as a default, your inventory does not auto stack. Which so should be an um, I agree. I fully well, I mean we played the majority of the game without it auto stacking your items. Common sense says it should just automatically stack. And even even if it didn't at first, why not make that a default feature after the fact? Agreed. I agree. <sighs> <laughs> so if you're a new player to the game, I strongly suggest you going through the settings and finding, I think it's called auto arrange or something like that. And basically if you get two necklaces in the wild, they'll just automatically stack to each other instead of you having to manually stack them or going into your inventory and telling it to stack. Um, that said, there's also, you're only given 30 um, inventory slots to begin with. You can upgrade that later, but as a base game, you only have 30. So after each dungeon, you can go to your house, your residential your house. residential area, where you can offload all of your extra inventory items to the mog that takes care of your house. And, you know, basically storing them there for yeah. if you ever need them. I never found myself referencing that stuff. I think the only time I did was when we needed the crystals. Yeah. Or if we were putting our equipment in the yeah, wardrobe. And that's another thing that's pretty cool is the the MOG can store your equipment too. And the equipment slots are accessible outside of your residential area. Just your equipment slots. So when you're gaining equipment, it doesn't have to take up an inventory slot because you can give it to the Moogle and then attach it to yourself from there. So, I mean, you can play with different aspects of how that works, but it's a really handy technique to be able to use right outside of the game. (laughs) To be able to have that extra inventory slot instead of it being taken up with a helmet, a shield, a sword, yeah. a 
rings. Boots and rings and... Mud slaps. Yeah, it's just... It, it goes on and on and it fills up quick. Um, So, missions... There's a couple different spots where you're going to get your missions from. There are the um, the missions that are specifically in the mission area. I, what are those called? The the Gate Lords. No. <laughs> I'm just joking. No, I'm talking about the uh, record records, records of, of eminence. Records of eminence. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. Records of eminence. Records of eminence. Yes. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Oh, so you're talking about through your quests in the uh, main. So you yeah, can in gain, the menu. gain you can gain missions in like the main quest menu for like the different tutorials and like the like are they like overworld quests access to all kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, essentially. I mean there there are very specific like tasks, if you yeah. will. Like more more so tasks that are given to you just as a default player. Yeah. And those specifically involve like the trusts and um just little little bits and little things that you can do to give yourself boosts of um experience here yeah. and there and like just just basic tasks to basic tasks to help you guide you on your way in a certain direction and i mean they they kind of help I, they're all right yeah. i mean obviously they give you the the stepping stones for um like the trusts. Yeah, that's where you start your trusts is in records of yeah. eminence, and then you you know start the storyline from there after you get your trusts. But if I was to, if I was to start this game over again, I would strongly say level up your main job to level like eighty right out of the gate. And there's really nothing stopping you from doing that other than the level cap. Well, yeah, there is. You got to do the the quest to uh, over oh, to be able to move that level cap up. But I mean, regardless, like if you're in this game for just the story, oh yeah, absolutely. level up as high up as you possibly can imagine. I mean, the the game level cap is ninety nine, but like go to like level eighty. And then go back and do all of the story in one run. Like, if that's what you're there for, just do the bulk well, of the again, though, grinding goes, out of the game. It goes back to, though, of... I wouldn't know to do that. I mean, even with you, like without a guide, oh, how no, no. do you even do that? The game is not designed for the way that we played it. Even the guide, That's the though. number one issue with this game for uh, us. And that's what I'm saying, though. Like, if you're just in it for the story, like, even that, if you had just told me that as a newbie starting this game out, I would have been like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing, even with a guide. Yeah. You didn't know what you were doing with the guide. We needed two other people to help <laughs> us. And they were seasoned players who were saying, yeah, it's tough. No, <laughs> I didn't I didn't start the game out with a guide. I started the game out. Oh, that you were using it. No, not at all. I started the game oh, out just right. flying by the seat of my pants. They were giving they were telling us to They were to telling use the guide. us to use the guide like, because the game is difficult. Use the without. guide. Without and and that's that's kind of the biggest flaw that I find with the gameplay as a whole it's, is that there is nothing like unless you're sitting and really, really paying attention to the dialogue. Well, you're supposed to be talking to every yeah, single yeah. NCP. I'm sorry, NCP. Yeah. I'm sorry. That is a major flaw, in my opinion. Oh, I it's fully agree. the worst part of this game. It's the thing that almost made us quit. 
And that's why I gave gameplay a 4 out of 10. I felt like even that was generous. <laughs> I, I I hated doing this game, and it got better once you understood things a little bit yeah. better. But even then, I don't know if I would have confidently have been able to have done this. Right. Like, navigating the map is difficult, especially if you don't have a physical map like you did. Yeah, yeah, I did. And, like... <sighs> When I finally understood the grid, it helped. Yeah, it did. But still, like, even the compass was still like, oh, I got it after a while. But just to stick to it, like, I would have ran after my 30 days were up with this fright trial. Yeah. It's it's a tough game to get started in. And if you're if you're a new character, if if you're a new player to Final Fantasy Eleven. You have to understand that this game is designed to make you figure it out on your own with your party. Like it, it genuinely wants you to figure it out on your own and it wants, it, it's not going to hold your hand to do it. It's going to make you look stuff up. It's going to make you try and find a guide because they don't handhold you on anything. It- they literally, they drop you off in the world and the game gives you no reference of nothing. They have this little story segment at the very beginning. At least for Winders, you have that little segment with um, uh, Anjo. <laughs> <laughs> Anjovies. No. Um, um, his name is uh, Ajito. Ajito. Gosh dang it, Danny. You have this little segment with Ajito. And like... They basically just tell you good luck, and then that's it. Like, if you don't know where to go, like us, we st- we dropped into the game. We had no idea where to go. We didn't know who to talk to. We didn't know the controls. We didn't know anything. And just running around trying to figure it out on my own, I was making no yes. progress. I can Making kind- no progress. I can kind of understand if what they're going for is a, you're an adventurer, you have to figure this yeah, out concept. Yeah. But still, some of that stuff was just, they could have helped you out a little bit more, at least in regards to this is how the map works, or better map mechanics, or here's how to open your menu. I had no idea how to open my main menu. I no, I, in fact, the whole game, first of all, I found out later that you should just completely omit the mouse entirely. Yeah, right. But like, selecting things was frustrating. I mean, yeah, I, honestly, yeah. I could go on. There was a myriad of things that yeah, was yeah. very frustrating. For sure. And, you know... It, it wasn't just that, but that was also... You just going hand in hand. You, you have to go into this game with lots of patience and accepting that you're not going to know anything. Like, for example, me and, me and you, we have played so many games for the <laughs> podcast... We have we have taken on lots of different games that we would have never taken on before. And it's kind of gotten to the point where we we know what to expect from a new video game. We expect the game to be able to help you understand the mechanics, help you get started with the storyline, and give you options of sub-quests to help you fill time. And this game does none of those things literally drops you off and wishes you good luck and that's it kicks you out it is up to you to hunt down the story it is up to you to figure it out and if you don't yeah you're gonna get lost and it's not gonna be fun but 
once for me anyway, once I got started, once I figured it out with lots of help, we were able to make some progress. We were able to, you know, get our trusts in order and in line. I was able to help you with that as well. And like we managed, but yeah, like if it wasn't for the help of the people in our Twitch chat, I I don't know what we would have done. Definitely would not have made it to the second month. Yeah. I would have canceled this puppy a long time ago. Yeah. But, and this goes back to this game is not in any way catered to the way that we play games. This game is designed to waste your time. It's designed to be a full-time gaming experience. And if you don't have hours upon hours upon hours to dedicate to this game, there is no point. There's no point. And see, that's my big thing, too, is it's designed to waste your time yeah, and you're paying yep. for it to waste your yeah. time. And I am not going to pay, so I have to level grind the whole last month of my game. <laughs> well, yeah, I and, and I understand. Well, that can be talked <laughs> about in overall, too. But I will, this, my last thing that I wrote down, which wasn't much because I felt like I could just go on and on about this, was... You had a little bit more action than I did as far as in the battle, but I felt like most of the time I was walking up to an enemy and I could just sit back and wait. Yeah. And things got better the more, like, job tasks I got for Warrior because I could start doing stuff, like, other stuff. But, like, literally just walking up, sitting. And well, waiting. and that's... that's I, I haven't really talked about the battle system just yet, but that that is the battle system. Like, that's kind of it. Like, I, you... you in, you engage in battle with an enemy, and when you select attack, your character auto-attacks. My, and then anything above and beyond that, you have to manually select. My my notes here says, I almost feel like there's less action in, a, in, than, in this than there is in a turn-based game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think that that goes back to the auto-attack feature, um, if you want to call it a feature. Um, it... <laughs> From a warrior's perspective, yeah, it is like you you engage in battle and you sit back and wait. I again, that did get better as I leveled mm-hmm. up, but even then, like if you're fighting low leveled enemies, why even bother just sit and wait yeah, at that point? Yeah. Well, and from my perspective as a mage, like yeah, I could go up and I had to choose attack, but that was just to get my trust to start doing yeah. something. After that, then I could choose all the magic that I wanted. And my MP, MP. yeah, right. I I just had to watch my MP. And once, once my MP ran out, I was kind of dead in the water, but like, I think honestly, the most fun was being a black mage and being able to just sit back and focus on casting magic constantly, like still boring, but way more interactive than what you were doing. We had a system down when we were leveling up after we level synced to a level, level 10 and whatnot, um, where the mostly you the black mage would aggro everything in the area with a spell and then you would call in one of your trusts who had oh, they're already called in but yeah. one of them has a big move that hits surrounding enemies so you would just have all these enemies in your circle you would cast have your trust finally attack and just hit would them kill in everything a in one hit well for me I would have targeted you with a slash follow, which makes your characters automatically follow you no matter where you go. 
And if I could hit tab on an enemy, I could attack it and it would automatically go out there, attack it, which would invoke the trust attacking. And after they're dead, I it automatically goes back to following you. Huh. I almost didn't have to press a button that <laughs> entire level, time. To level grind? Like Seriously. you literally could just take a nap? The, what I would do is I would hit my follow for you. The first enemy, I would tab it. And when you said, okay, attack, I just hit enter and waited. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I didn't want to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it is what it is. But I mean, really, there was nothing. You even said there's really not much you can do otherwise because this is just how it's going to have to be. Right, right. Well, and that goes back to our level grinding concept. Like, we, when we first started the game, Shadow helped us get to, well, between Shadow and Trillion, yeah. they helped us get to level like 40, like upper 40s, yeah. like level 50-ish. And we were able to breeze through like the first half of the story well, then it got to a point where we couldn't do the dungeons on our own. We had to have help. And that's when, like, Shadow or Trillion would come in and basically guide us through the dungeons and finish, you know, yeah. essentially finishing the dungeon for us. And we just watched the story, which the reality is we would not have had enough time to do that on our own. So to be able to finish the story that we finished, that was necessary. But, you know, the it's like you have to be at a certain level to be able to even continue the story. So, like, this game in every way is a grind. Like, you have to, you are dropped into this world. You have no idea what to do, <laughs> so you have to grind to figure out what the heck to do. Once you figure out what you need to do, then you need a level grind to get there. You need a level grind to get here. You need a level grind to go there. By the time you're done, you're just like grinded out. <laughs> you, just, you walk in there with all these muscles. And you're just like, we don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, I am so tired of like. And don't get me wrong, I don't. Not very many people enjoy just a constant grind, but level grinding is part of a yeah. a game yeah, thing that you just have to do. And I don't mind doing. The first day we actually sat down and level grinded the entire st three hours. We yeah. Did. Was fine. We chatted. We had fun. The next day, awfully quiet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It got boring pretty quick. Um, there was a lot of singing. <laughs> I I think it goes back to this game is not designed for us because we had such a short amount of time to play this yeah. game and we needed to accomplish so much stuff. But again, though, even as a new player who is not rushing, that's still it's a level lot of well, and that's that's what I'm saying is that this game is designed to waste your time. If you have a lot of time to sit and play, yeah, play the game. You're gonna have lots of stuff to do. You're gonna have, you know, if you have a lot of time to do it, you can just sit and just veg out and. This is a great game for the people who want something to just kind of clear their minds after work and just veg out for a couple hours. If all you do is level grind, then that's all you do. If you want to do a dungeon, you go and do a dungeon. Like, literally, it's it's I, perfect for that kind of concept. I just have a hard time believing that someone would actually want to do that in this yeah, game. Yeah, well, how is that any different than someone wanting to sit and farm all day? I... Would rather farm and harvest moon. See, but that's the, you're getting more. You're doing a lot more in freaking farming. Yeah, your 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 brain is working a little bit more, and you're you're moving around a little well, bit more. But like your the concept is still the same. Like you're either grinding at at your farm, 
or you're yeah. grinding at gaining levels. Like it's the same like chill but time concept. I have to level up. I have mm. to level up. And the only thing I get out of it is leveling it up enough so I can continue the story where I don't necessarily have to just farm vegetables. I could raise livestock. I'd much rather raise livestock in this well, game. I mean, I, I, get, uh, I understand. Again, again, it goes back to the same idea, though. You don't have to just level up. You could raise chocobos. You could go farm, you know, enemies for a specific item like there is so much more than just level grinding but that's like a base a base concept just like uh. the the analogy that we're using here of farming like it's just the base concept yeah you could do a lot more stuff but like <laughs> you're still grinding at that farm you're still grinding it at gaining levels like that's just kind of a default thing to do when you don't know what else to do so like again as a veg out game if you want to just waste time yeah, it might be easier and cheaper to play Animal Crossing or Stardew Valley, but if you want that, uh, you know, possible interaction of meeting someone online, this is an option too. I don't know. Uh, there's, there's a lot. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's Kaylee really, Kaylee really hates this game. So like me talking her down a little bit is. <laughs> well, I, think I don't know. Kinda, I feel better. I mean, this could be a Zap Chad's thing too. I'm just saying. You had an awful lot to say about Final Fantasy X about the people who just want to level level grind their sphere grids. Mm -hmm. So that's probably just how I feel about this. Like, who in their right mind just enjoys sitting there fighting the same enemy with a new name on top of it? <laughs> Fair. And I didn't even knock that on graphics because, like you said, this is a big game. I kind of understood reusing a lot of the enemies, but let's be honest, they reused those onion guys a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah, they did. The onion guys, the rabbit guys... I mean, really, even the orcs and the... The Yagudos? Yeah, I mean, they were basically the same enemies, just, like, reskinned to be... But they were doing the same stuff. Like, <laughs> the turtles. Ninja turtles. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. <sighs> lots of feelings. Yeah, lots of feelings. I, I want to try and give this game... I feel like... As positive of a vibe as I possibly can. But, like, the reality is, neither of us really had a whole lot of fun. The most fun we had was when we were talking to each other. Yeah, Making yeah. up our own story. Because <laughs> it was way more interesting. That's true, yeah. That is true. I mean, kudos to the people who have spent 20 years playing this game. I mean, really, yeah, it's, it's a it, big game to take on. It was a different game, though, 20 years ago, from what I've heard. I don't know firsthand, well, but, you know, when this was... It was a newer was, concept. The this, MMOs were... Right. That was a bigger deal back then. Well, and back then, this was... This game was brand new. More people were playing it. You could meet friends way easier because no one knew what they were doing. So you all, as a community, yeah. were getting together to figure this game out. At this point... Everyone's figured the game out except for the noobs, and the noobs are just like... That's too hard. Let's go play 14. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> but also, the noobs are just, like, guided to the wiki page, and they're like, all right, go to the wiki page, and you'll figure it out. Like, that's not how that's anyone really wants to play a game, is just by following a wiki. If I was going to follow a wiki and just sit and follow the wiki the whole time, I may as well watch... Uh, someone some, play it? Uh, yeah, I may as well watch someone on Twitch play it for me. Like, there's no real reason. So, you know, if if you have lots of time to dedicate to this game of just venturing off into the unknown, that might be your thing. It just, it doesn't work for us because we have a lot to accomplish in a reasonable yeah. amount of time. 
And so for us to try and do this in two months, right? it just, it made it difficult and it made it absolutely necessary to have people like Trillian and Shadow helping us and holding us, holding our hand half the time. Yeah, that's... Oh, yeah. there. There's a... For as simple as the battle system is, there is a oddly large amount of customization for the battle system. <laughs> like you, you have your, um, you have your sub jobs that you can mix and match with all sorts of stuff. You, you have the three base job or the six base jobs, but then you have like, I think, like sixteen other jobs. That, yeah, something like that. It's it's a yeah. quite a quite a big number of jobs that you can unlock later, yeah. and you can you got to level up all of those jobs, and like the mix and match concept is, is sure, there. there's a lot going I'm on. I'm sure it's very possible. I don't know for a fact. I didn't look this up. Mm. I'm just guessing. I'm sure though that some of those were added after the fact. So maybe at the beginning there wasn't nearly as many sub jobs. I feel like this game too, we were either far under leveled or way we were way over leveled yeah. or far too under leveled to do anything. Like either the dungeon that we were in was so under leveled that there was no reason to fight every anything, yeah. or we were so under leveled that everything killed us in one hit. So like there was so no much middle ground. There's so much running of oh no, oh no, I've been spotted. Run. Yes. Yep. Run, Kaylee, run. Yep. <laughs> run, Danny. <laughs> Um, the mounts ah. are kind of fun. Co- we had so much fun with the crab mounts. The crab <laughs> mounts were the most ridiculous. They were so dumb. <laughs> we had so much fun with them, though. I know. And then the holy grail. The crab hats? The crab hats. <laughs> I, we were getting ready to log out, and I'm like, oh my gosh, Danny, this person has a crab hat. And I, we logged off and like the next day I was like trying to figure out how to get it. And it was like, yeah, it's a special login bonus time. And I'm like, ah, man, we probably missed it or something. And then we went in like the next day or two and we found them. And the rest of the gameplay was us with those crab hats. Stupid crab crab hats. Us with the stupid crab hats on the stupid crabs. We We looked looked ridiculous, but we were together on our crabs (laughs) conquering the world. There's like a whole bunch of important people doing a whole bunch of important stuff battling it out and there's those two idiots on a crab <laughs> just scurrying <laughs> you hold on to their eyeballs to steer them except my character had their hand out like they wanted to hold hands the whole time so funny and the music yeah i know the music in that was great you know it is fun to um to collect all the different mounts. Yeah. And I mean, I guess there's a lot of them. Oh, I'm I mean, sure, same, yeah. Same with the trust, too. I mean, there's yeah. a lot to collect there. I mean, really, the whole game is like, there's a lot I to mean, collect. the mounts <laughs> make it a lot better for travel, and it is more fun to figure out what mounts you have, and like, yeah. it is cool if you want to pose with your character and, and stuff. The essentially, the mounts are like chocobos. Like, you don't engage in any battles while you're on mounts just like a chocobo would they also have chocobos that you can raise and you can ride and you can get um a license to to rent one out too but like the mounts are just so ridiculous that it was hard not to and also the chocobos at least for us because we only had a chocobo license we didn't own a chocobo We had to, like, go to a Chocobo stable to collect one, where the mounts, we just, like, literally walked off into the world and we're like, all right, mounts, and then off we went. So it made it super easy. So funny. And it was, like, twice the speed of walking, so it was 
way more. Oh, these really right quick little crabs. I know. <laughs> and and it the looks music. Like we have our crab hats. So it looks like a crab is riding us that's riding a crab. Yeah. It was just crabception. It was amazing. And I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, well. That was a big one. What'd you give her for gameplay? I gave it a 4 oh, out yeah, of 10. Oh, yeah. I think we yeah. talked about this. I, I gave it a 7 out of 10. Like, I, I scored it higher because I can see the potential, but I understand where you're coming yeah. from. Like, I get again, it. I'm I'm just rating this on a newbie's perspective of the base game, and maybe it would change if we played the entirety of it. But this is from a newbie standpoint, and I hated it. If you <laughs> if you guys watch our first like like two or three streams, you can see the frustration. And and I think we vocalized it several times that this game is not an easy game to just pick up and play. Oh man, I kind of feel embarrassed for the amount of times I was yawning. <laughs> but to be fair, we were playing late at night. Yeah. But legit, like it's you're when you're sitting there doing nothing otherwise, it's just like Well, and I did most of the navigation, so like with you just doing like a slash follow on me, yeah. it was up to me to like figure out where we were going. Cause I, I was the only one with a physical yeah. map that my game included. And like, it was just like, okay, we go to one area and it's, uh, I don't know where to go. I know we have to go Northwest. Maybe we go over here. So then I'd walk over there. No, that's not right. We got to go over here we walk over there. So there was a lot of just running around and less doing anything else. Yeah. So like, yeah, no, I totally get it. Like, you were probably bored like 90% <laughs> of the time. And the other time we were either dead or about to die. So yeah, yeah. It, it's, it, it can be a <clears throat> difficult game. And to be fair, even the veterans who were in the stream said that it's a hard game. Like it just is like, yes, we're new to MMOs and yes, there was a lot of stuff that we didn't understand from the get go that most MMOs use, but that's that aside everyone in chat was very much very very open to the fact that this game is not an easy game to just pick up and play and that we were going to run into problems and that's why they were uh, helping us so we willingly had quite, we had a few different people come in too that were just they would ask questions and there was that basic understanding of yeah it's really hard for newbies yeah or, right hey an under there was an understanding not a haha you guys suck it was like yeah this is no, gonna suck yeah. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and so from that perspective the fact that we did any well i was gonna say the fact that we did any any of this is impressive that said i mean shadow and trillion really held our hands through a lot of this a lot of this well and near the end, we kind of started getting the hang yeah. of it. It was nice when they came in to help, but we would have like a good few streams where it was just us until mm -hmm. we got home. Yeah. But man, it made things go quicker when they did help, yeah. which was nice. Well, it's because they could just slay everything ahead of time. Well, and then they, we were just like knew, walking through it. They knew ahead of time where to, like what was the best area, how what was the best route to get yeah, to stuff. Right. That yep. was, uh, that was nice. That was helpful. Yeah, Absolutely. And yeah, when, when there were, there was like one stream where we were running through and it was taking a while cause we weren't quite leveled up enough. And after with like two and a half hours in Trillion actually came to help and slayed everything. I was so grateful <laughs> I know. because we were going to be there forever. Otherwise yeah. we were going to take a long because, time because half the time we had to fight stuff one at a time. Yeah. Granted. 
we were dumb and we didn't bother uh, yeah. getting this this uh vanishing spell until like yeah. a couple days ago. So like <laughs> literally we probably could have gotten through a lot of this a lot quicker had we done the vanishing spell. But I had this feeling of why am I why am I even here if I'm just gonna run away from everything? Like that makes yeah. no sense. And from a video a classic video game perspective, you're absolutely right. That makes no sense. <laughs> but from a Final Fantasy Eleven perspective, no, no, you sneak past whatever you can <laughs> and you fight what you have to. So like I just that concept makes well, no sense I to me. I did try to explain. There was one spot, one dungeon that was very, very difficult because the enemies were insanely high level. And I said, I bet. That back in 2000, what, two? Yeah. That this was a new, well, it's not a new a new thing, but a new mechanic of you're supposed to sneak by these people. Yeah. You're supposed to figure out that this is what you're supposed to do. This is how it's intended to be. You're supposed to sneak by these people and figure that out. Yeah. And I kind of think that's what that was about, at least in that area. Yeah, I mean... It's they intended. Have, <laughs> they have the abilities of sneak and vanish for a reason, and I'm sure that that's, I, I'm sure you're right. I'm sure that that's built into it. I just, I feel like that those areas should have been a little more catered to that, if yeah. that was the case. But again, that's well, this whole game. Back to, this yeah. whole game doesn't cater you in any way. So, like, if you're looking for answers, you're not going to find them in the game. You're going to find them in the guide. <sighs> in the Wikipedia, rather, Which not the guide. Which is fan-made, isn't it? Yeah, oh yeah. So, I mean. Well, it's it's community-made. Yeah. Honestly, the community yeah. has put forth all the time and effort into perfecting the Wikipedia so that idiots like us can come in <laughs> and try and play the game. And really, a lot of the missions that we played were nearly impossible without looking at the guide. Like, we literally, yes. most of the missions that we did, we were walking through step by step, yeah. following the guide. I think I had one stream that I played on a Saturday before before you officially started, I think. I mean, officially. Be before there you There were many Saturdays I played. Yeah, I there, was, there was like one. One, I think. Maybe. <laughs> we, uh, there was one Saturday that I sat down and did a whole bunch of um, side quests that were just in town. Yeah. That like as as you're walking through town, you can talk to people and get you can talk to NPCs yeah. and get side quests. I had done that and I had a whole bunch of side quests stacked up, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna knock these out. So I went through and I knocked out all of my sub my side quest missions, and I did all but one using the Wikipedia. So I officially let it be known <laughs> that I officially did one. Side quest using without your, using the guide. Using your big brain. Yes. Yes. Let it be known that I was able to do one without the guide. So I don't I don't know. Well, let's talk about probably the only and best feature of this game. The crab mounts? This again. You're right. <laughs> I stand corrected. The second to best. I scuttled corrected. <laughs> the second best. The music. Yeah. I gave the music a 9 out of 10. I gave it a 7. Okay. Mainly okay. because I wasn't in love with all of the music. No, I got I wasn't awfully either. tired of Winders' music. Yeah, yeah. Mostly because every time I died, I heard... <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a few locations that had amazing music. Like, amazing. Yeah, no, I agree. My personal favorite, which is kind of funny, is <laughs> the 
crab music, not specifically the, the mount <laughs> yeah, music. The mount, yeah. It reminded me of Tactics Advance, yep. and I loved that game. I know you didn't, but I, the it reminded me of the battle music because of the mm. way it is, and the way it bounces. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm sure you're thinking about this too. The tower, the wall tower. The wall tower is really good. Um, um, I, I kept saying it gave me Valkyrie profile vibes, and there were some of those, but somebody else, said Chrono, Chrono Trigger, Trigger, and I was yeah. like, yeah, that's yep. exactly what that is. Um, there is the woods outside of... Uh, oh, yeah, the... Um, Sandorio? Sandorio, yeah. And, Sandoria? And uh, that music is yeah. fantastic. And we actually took off our mounts in those Yeah, we did, and, and we just walked it because yeah. the music was so good yeah. that it was better than the mount music. Um, I like that we're in tune enough where that was just like, yeah, we're going to have to walk yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> we need to walk this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the theme song, the Vanadiel theme song yeah. is just, it's so good. But the places that had no music were filled with my music because I could not take this boring that's, game that's musicless. Fair. Yeah, that's fair. I would rather be in battle. In fact, there were times where we engaged in battle just to have music. <laughs> you're absolutely right and you know if this game didn't have that i probably would have given it a 10 out of 10 just because the music was really good when there was music honestly it probably doesn't deserve a nine though i'm gonna keep it just sure because it, it needs it needs seven. some spot that's really good but yeah like that that was probably the worst of it was that there were quite a few dungeons and areas that just had no music which is fine Sometimes, but not so many times. It just, it got to the point where no music in dungeons became a norm, and I didn't like that. Yeah. I really, you know, just having a little something in the background is okay, but if that something is really good, that makes it yeah. so nice. Yeah. What was your least favorite place? Because I already know mine. <laughs> like dungeon? Or... Yeah, or anywhere I suppose is fine too. Um... Probably, it was one of the castles that had... Um, oh, all the, like, warpy things? Yes. Yeah, that place sucked. No, no, no. That that was the last dungeon, right? I believe so. That was the one that Shadow escorted us through. No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. It's the... I think it's the Yagito Castle. Oh, the Yagudo one Yagudo, where, like, yeah. the sandy area where yeah, we kept yeah, dying. Yeah. And there And there was, like, a ton of different, like, floors. Yeah. And you had to, like, be on the right floor to get to the right spot. Oh, that was a mess. I hated that area. I hated the marsh. Oh, and yeah. we went there... More often than I cared to. Yeah. Yeah, there was the quite Marsh a few times that we sucked. had to be there. And Windurst was probably my least favorite town. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. But yeah, the Marsh. Um, There was a town that you couldn't go to. Um, oh, yeah, Nora. Norg. 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 Yeah. No, you're right. Norg. Norg. Um, it was pretty cool. Like, it was basically a pirate cove. And it just, it, it's like pirates docked and set up camp. Yeah, and like, cool. it was neat. The music was pretty good there, too. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's about it for music. I mean, sound effects were okay. I mean, uh, you know, my, some of my attack moves were like, they sounded really cool, like a serif attack or uh, like a circle, something or other. It sounded really cool. And they were just kind of like, eh. Yeah. I, I think there was too much going on between the trusts and us. It was just like lost in translation. Yeah. <laughs> there, the sound of casting a spell was really yeah. cool like it had this like wah, yeah. like this energy As it should, yeah 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 and it, and that was really satisfying um the bards had music that would play oh yeah that was pretty and it was really funny how like it, 
you would end a battle, but the bards were still playing. So, like, in the dungeons that have no music, the bards are just back there just like... It's like, what are you doing, man? Although, I was very sad that sometimes you noticed this first. You would level up, but if you kept walking, your level up sound is still (laughs) down here behind you, like, leveling up. Yeah, like... Like, Like that spot just leveled up. (laughs) Yeah, like, I would level up, but, like, the level up spot is where the sound was. So, if you walked away, like, the sound got further away. It was really bizarre. That was strange. I I assume it has something to do with other surrounding players hearing you level up. Probably. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, that was whatever, but it still was funny. Worth noting, I suppose. So, yeah. Well, overall, Kaylee? (sighs) Five out of ten. I give it a seven out of ten. Uh, I feel like if you're playing this, you're probably playing this either A, thinking like us, oh, well, we're just going to get Final Fantasy XI under our belts and call it a day. Yeah. Or B, you're a purist. (laughs) I think that if you're just playing this to get a taste of it, only utilize your 30 days and call it a day. Because I don't think I would pay for my subscription for a second month if I hadn't been playing it for this. Right, right. Um, I, yeah, I kind of viewed it as mediocre. I never understood how the beginning intro tied into this. I guess it has to do with more with Rhapsodies of Vanity Hill. I see. That it, it digs a little more into it. I think Which I that, didn't get bec- with the base game. I know. Yeah, I know. I didn't really understand that either, though. Talking to Shadow about it, um, seemed to, seemed to say that there's a lot of story that, ties into rhapsodies that the other surrounding stories tie back into rhapsodies so like rhapsodies really is not not so much the story of final fantasy 11 but more of the story of vanadil okay so like you know they all kind of tie together to that one so that one's a good one to play to get a good understanding of the story of vanadil as a whole See, then this is why I liked explaining earlier that this really is just a newbie's perspective mm-hmm. of this game yeah. because a seasoned player would know exactly what we've played and that there's probably so much more to this than what we've experienced. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think that the people listening to this podcast are Final Fantasy fans who either are curious about Final Fantasy XI or... Final Fantasy XI fans who have been playing Final yeah. Fantasy XI for a while. I'm sorry. Just, you know, I, I can't I can't explain enough that this is just scratching the surface of this game. I'm so... I'm, I'm more than aware that we have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> we have very little understanding of the game and the story. However, I feel like having put two months into this game, having put over 50 hours worth of time into the game, I feel like our judgment and our scores are fair. And, you know, at least for now, I I feel like I'm content with the experience I had yeah. with Final Fantasy XI. And, you know, if we come back for more, it's because you guys want to see it and not so much because I want to come back. <laughs> and again... Like to Shadow and Trillion, if you guys are listening, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> thank you again. Thank you. But I mean, I'm sorry that I, I know this game is like, you know, so big and so important to you guys. And I'm here we sorry. are talking so badly no, about not, it. <laughs> not so much that. I think that they understand where we're coming from. I think for me, it's more of a, I'm sorry that I just left. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> More than I anything else, bad I just kind of left. Know. We logged out, and I was like, you know, it was kind of bad. Too bad that Trillian and Shadow were in chat of all the days yeah, to not be in yeah. chat. Like I, I, mean, don't, I don't think two, they checked in at all, those, which I don't blame them. <laughs> those two were in there like, almost every time from from the very first yeah. stream. I mean, yeah, I just can't say enough good things. Honestly, I think that they're a good representation of the, the Final community. Fantasy XI community as a whole. It sounds like that more and more people who play and have are veteran players of the game love the game enough that they want to help the newbies out and they want to help the newbies have a good experience they of the definitely, game. I definitely can say that that they did that like they made it a little more fun yeah yep. uh, shadow made it really helpful leveling up what we needed to do next yeah, what was yeah. helpful i really appreciated all the new fun things i learned from trillian yeah all the little emotes and yeah, just kind of yeah, having cool. fun you know we we had fun with each of them it was nice i it, appreciated the help i and the way that they explained i i asked everybody who were veteran players of the game i asked them what made them keep coming back after all these years? And the majority of them said that it was the the community, that the community was so was so awesome that yeah. that's what made them come back every year or all the time, you know, after all these years. Yeah. So, you know, that really says a lot that this community just loves this game. Yeah. And if you can find a place amongst this community, I think that... Find yourself a veteran player. Well, yeah, but I th I think that if you want a good, strong community and you love this... And, and you can find love for this game, I think that you can find a place amongst yeah. them and, you know, enjoy being, being with some... Finding some friends along the way. That said, I don't know if I would have really run into anybody had we not been streaming. I think the obviously the only reason we found Shadow and Trillion was because we were streaming well, and know, they jumped in. I think there was an option to put that if you needed help or were looking for party members. And I think if we had utilized it, we would have. Yeah. But because we were playing together and we had those people, if we needed help, we were taken care of. But yeah, those options are so there yeah, yeah, for absolutely. people. Absolutely. And there's a help option for slash help if you're in the middle of danger. Yeah, and to be <laughs> fair, the the game that I bought, the Final Fantasy XI Complete Edition, it came with like a quick start guide disc oh. that like explained a bunch of stuff. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, Maybe we should have done that. I know. This whole time we're complaining I, yeah. about the game not helping us and you're hoarding a disc? <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted the game to explain it for me and it didn't. Um, yeah, because we didn't play disc one. <laughs> yeah, I know, I guess. No, but it also does have like a keyboard guide within oh, the like yeah. map and um, just like command, like useful commands, like all the slash commands. Just oh, yeah. like a, a handful of useful I got stuff. A, I got a new keyboard like the last playthrough, yeah. and like I kept making all these typos trying to like play along with oh, everyone. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to get used to the keys. So my score put me at a 25 out of 50. No, I think it was a 26. 26 out of 50. One. I yeah. just didn't write okay. it, scribble it enough. I got a 37 out of 50, so that put us at a 6.3 uh, 6 out of 10 for the score of this game. Which is okay. Yeah, which is how I felt about this yeah, game. It was at it least was, at the end. Yeah, it was okay. It it did. I feel like it did grow on me a little bit as I played, but it definitely, 
is more of a veg out game. Like if I would rather yeah, veg I, out at the you, TV. Than you know, I, I, I think that the, the money that you spend into it, in my opinion, well, to be isn't fair, enough for it's me only to want $12. to just, it's not much. Yeah, absolutely. It's not much. But, but you still had to buy the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I still had to buy the game. The game's not that expensive on eBay anymore. Um, you can get the, I think the, the full complete game on, um, steam is like 40 bucks, but you can get the complete, um, the oh, complete, like all of the quests that have been all of the, it's, it's like the complete edition with all of the expansions and oh, everything. That's what I meant, yeah. Yeah, you can get that for 40 bucks. Oh, but that's not bad. The one, the edition that I got, which I believe is all but like maybe one or two, is um, it's it's on eBay for like 15. So like, it's not that bad if you want like uh, the complete quote, yeah. complete edition. It's 10 years old, but like as long as you find a sealed copy of it, you know, it's it's not so bad. I'm, I'm going to tell you now, Kaylee, I bought you a copy of it. I did. It Why? was it was gonna be in the mail today, and Aww. it and it didn't show up today. Oh! So I was gonna <laughs> surprise. I was gonna surprise you with the complete edition for you. Thank you. <laughs> but it didn't show up today, so I'm I sorry. But I did. I did buy you a sealed copy of the complete He's like, edition. You will be back. <laughs> it's it's more. It's more of the the gag of doing it, sure. but also that's funny. You know, if we do decide to go back, I want you to have a complete Aww, edition. I and appreciate it. I don't want that to be a hurdle. <laughs> I'm not going to let that be a hurdle of why we don't that's play funny. this. So, guys, if you want to see more of us playing this, if we get enough feedback, we will be back. I will do my best to force Kaylee back into this game. <laughs> Um, it text me it may day. not. It may not be right away. It may be you know next year or something. Something that we tackle later. But you know if we get enough feedback and and you guys want to see us do more in this game, I'd be interested to hear about that. If we get no, don't say it. Twenty comments. <laughs> twenty. Is twenty. That, is that what you're gonna put it at? Yeah, I mean, I'm alright with that. I if, can't imagine we would get twenty, but like we, maybe between between um, now and next year. This no, time? no, no, between. Our um our YouTube channel and um our email and our uh, social media. If we get twenty com- total twenty comments about wanting us to continue Final Fantasy XI, I will do from it. Different people. It has to be different <laughs> people. I don't want Shadow just going in there and being like, "Hey, <laughs> hey, hey." <laughs> Not that they would. I'm just saying. I mean, they might. They might. No. Um. Then maybe we'll come back and we'll we'll play some more. We'll we'll do like rhapsodies or something something else. So yeah, that would be fun. There is a time limit on that though, sir. All right. Well, we'll see. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that's all we have for today. Thank you all so much for hanging out and listening to this podcast for Final Fantasy XI. Next up, we're not entirely sure what's going to be played next. There are two possible. There are two possibilities. We're either going to be reviewing. Horizon Forbidden West, if Danny can complete it in time, which I might be able to, it sounds like it's going to be like maybe a 40 hour game to a 50 hour game. I think I can commit to that within a, within the month or we will be doing a, what what is it called? Webbed? Yeah. So, or we'll be playing webbed on the Nintendo switch. So one of those two will be for next podcast episode. Obviously we have zap chats every 15th. So check that out. 
And uh, yeah, guys, thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye.